Any minute now. <laughs> Why are you in a rush? No, I'm not. I'm not. In not? A rush. It's no. just that like a few people are watching. Why is not time? Look at the camera. What, what time is it? Why is not time? Yeah, there you go. That's right. Why is that time? That's 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 Levick's daughter all the way out in Las Vegas, and every Monday Levick's here with us, and his daughter's ready as well, and that's her basically saying, "What well, Levick asking, what time is it?" Why is not Why time? Isn't time baby? Happy Monday, everybody. Uh, we have a special guest with us today, Mr. Alfred Movsesian, divorce attorney with Boyamian Law Incorporated. Welcome, Alfred. Thank you. Nice to be here. Uh, Alfred specializes in, you know, divorce attorneys. John, <laughs> who's been uh, harassing us for the past. Where is John? We six, need to wait till John comes on. For the past six weeks, about uh, having the divorce attorney on, <laughs> he has questions for him. Uh, John himself is an attorney as well, but he's been he's been adamant about having you on. But <laughs> well, hopefully John will tune in with us and ask his questions. But Alfred, really, really appreciate you taking time out of your Monday to be with us, man. There Thank he you is. Guys. There he is. <laughs> it's about time. He's been waiting for the divorce attorney. So, I mean, a, a lot, obviously a lot has been going on uh, in the world as far as, uh, well, not in the world, as far as in Armenia with uh, Artsakh situation and you know, we've been touching base on this for the past, what is it now, six weeks, seven weeks now? Well, since September 27, pretty much. Yeah, so uh, we thought at this point, you know, we want to get back into the groove of things as far as, you know, what we originally started with as far as, you know, uh, bringing professionals and, you know, networking and obviously um, sharing with our viewers, our listeners, you know, what the wise nuts are about and it's basically about bringing information to you guys and at the same time you know having small talk so you know that's why we brought alfred as far as 
for a divorce attorney because we 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 haven't had a divorce attorney on the show. No, and no. it's and it's a topic where uh, so many people you know talk about it nowadays because it's like the divorce rates are. I mean, what are the divorce rates nowadays, Alf? Well, about ten years ago, they were saying it's a little over fifty percent, but I think it's a little more now, especially uh, as a result of COVID. Is so, that nationwide or California? No, I think nationwide <coughs> it was always the case that it was over fifty percent. I would say probably at least fifty to sixty percent wow. nationwide. <coughs> so, guys, imagine you have a fifty, sixty percent chance of not making it <laughs> when you're walking down the aisle <laughs> think about that. get a prenup it's like honestly if somebody told you listen when you sit in your car there's a 60 percent chance you're gonna crash are you gonna drive the car yeah the rates are pretty <laughs> high see that's that's crazy like when you say that to somebody as far as in a car they'll be like you know what do i really need that gallon of milk today <laughs> maybe i'll maybe i'll just i'll do with the creamer that's in my in my uh in my freezer right now. Yeah. Whereas with the divorce rates being over, what, were you, what was the number again you said? I think between 50 and 60%. 50 and 60%. Basically, spending all that money, hiring all those uh, photographers and vendors and all that stuff and knowing yeah. that, you know what, there's a there's a 40% chance this might work. I mean, that's... <laughs> I don't want to say 60% chance it'll fail. I want to tell you 40% chance that this might work right you're an optimist yeah i'm trying to be optimistic here so well, we're not even the highest rated i mean there's some european countries where it goes all the way to 80 90 percent are you shitting me what's uh, the divorce what rate right. in vegas oh i think it might be the highest i mean out of the states i would figure vegas i mean people <laughs> get drunk and get married out there you know <laughs> Well, a lot of people get married in vegas from other states too yeah. so i don't know if I'm that's one gonna, of them myself would that account for vegas or I've never looked into it, but no. I imagine a lot it's, more it's people. <laughs> See, what what what's curious to me is this: basically, what is the <laughs> what is the shortest marriage you've had? As far as they got married, they came to you and said, "Okay, you know what? It's time for a divorce." Because obviously, you see the marriage certificate, right, right. and then you see obviously we the, had one that was, I think, a week old. Oh Jesus! That, would that be an annulment at that point, or no? Well, annulments are very difficult to get. There's a certain set of criteria that you have to. <clears throat> satisfied in order to get an annulment but no uh the next one i saw was probably like two months two oh months yeah. well wasn't kim married for 72 hours to that can't, don't, can't take her serious yeah but she can afford an annulment which is the harder process well we'll get into all because tonight we're going to discuss not just divorce guys i know some of you are excited but it's not just divorce there's custody battles that we, we're going to get right. into mm-hmm uh, as far as assets and all that stuff as yeah, well, assets, domestic violence, um, because there's a lot of you deal with a lot of domestic violence as well, which then yes. sometimes leads to leads to divorce. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, so it's not just about divorce. It's it's understanding your rights as far as um, even when you're living with somebody, even if you're not married. Is it community property? Is it not? We're going to get into all those. Yeah, that could create yeah, all situations. Those, all yeah. those uh, details so you understand the difference between prenuptial, postnuptial agreements, and everything else. So go ahead and like, share <coughs> right now so all your friends, family, everybody can also tune in. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not the greatest topic to talk about as far as, <laughs> listen, guys, we got some great information. <laughs> well, no, it, I know. It I, know. I mean, if, if look, there's, there's 50 viewers right now. 
30 of them are going to get a divorce, practically. <laughs> so, I, don't, I don't think it's true. I feel like the wise nuts, the, the people following the wise nuts, they're pretty wise. They're, they don't leave anything to chance. What's, of course not. It's, it's that, Especially that. John and who else do we have? Uh, Oh, we have a bunch of people right now. Uh, Arno says if you bring a girl from Armenia, the rate is 80% after <laughs> she gets a green card. <laughs> oh, gosh, man. Those are those are the classic ones. Well, they're not only Armenian, man. Those those uh, Thai. Right? Th- yeah. The I mean, <laughs> they fiance. The I mean. Mail ma- 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 <laughs> ma- order brides that you order in. Uh, trust me, Al- we're not going to make it easy for you, Alfred. By the time you're by the time you're gone, you're you're going to be digesting whatever you ate this this afternoon. <laughs> oh gosh! So should we start with divorce first? As far as what do you, what do you want to dig into? What first? You, whatever you guys want. Well, we talked about kind of these statistics, but keep uh, in sh- mind that's not the Armenian statistics. I would imagine Armenian statistics for divorce is much less. Is it? I I think so. Because par- parents for them force them to. No, I think there's a still a stigma attached to Armenian divorces. Even till today. Even till today. I mean, st- people still obviously Closer get a divorce, the but yeah. there's still a stigma attached to that. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Which which could, which is a good thing in a sense. I mean, I think our parents' generation dealt with a lot of. Uh, I want to say let it go, man. That's what they yeah, would say. Not not arranged marriage, but they were kind of introduced, and that right. was somewhat arranged, and then they got married, and there was really not that much of dating process and getting no. to know one another, right? And then it was almost if you yeah. thought about even getting right. a divorce at the time. Right. Now yeah. almost out the door. <coughs> I've been seeing more women cussing on Facebook the last sixty days than ever before. Well, because. Women have become more independent, too. Now, most of them are career-oriented. They can afford to live on their own, support themselves. Well, let let, let the professional <laughs> talk about it. I don't know why. I'm I'm what? Are you the lawyer today? It no, could I'm, be. The, I'm the attorney. He's the lawyer. <laughs> please, please, Alpha, you tell us. Enlighten us. I, uh, as far as, you, I mean, you deal with, the, talk about a little bit about your clientele, obviously, without revealing any names and all. Some interesting stories. What you see sure. out there? Uh, well, let me let me start sure. with. Uh, <coughs> so, obviously, you have to go to law school to be a lawyer. Everybody knows that. But yeah. the way my career got started was, uh, I graduated in 2010 from law school, and then prior to graduation, I uh, externed, which is basically a volunteer position at the courthouse, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's it's like going to boot camp basically you learn a lot so right. after that it was just a volunteer <coughs> position but mm-hmm. luckily i got to know some people mm. and through them i <coughs> got a job at the court and i was there uh total five years uh working directly for judges so anytime there's a divorce proceeding in la county whether or ventura wherever in california yeah but i worked in la county superior court so anytime there's a divorce proceeding and parties filed some kind of a motion. They call it a motion. You know, you're asking the judge to do something. Yeah. You know, divide the house or mm-hmm. give me child support or spousal support, whatever the case is. You know, you file a bunch of documents. Your lawyers, if you have a lawyer, the lawyer files a bunch of documents. Then uh, <coughs> it gets filed, obviously, with a judge. When before the judge sees it, your research attorney is which w- what I was, or your law clerk reads the papers. You know, reads one side's and then the other side's papers and then writes up a report and gives it to the judge. 
Your Honor, this is what the law says. This is what the arguments are. This is what you should do. That's what I did uh, uh, at first. I did two and a half years of that, and then I left for private practice for two years, and then went back to the court for another two and a half years, so for a total of five years. Wow. Uh, so you're helping the judge yeah. pretty much decide. It's the a recommendation, it? basically. Yeah, it, it is. It's a, just yeah. a recommendation. Yeah, you, you basically, uh, I found that a lot of the times uh, after the judge gets to find out your work, your work ethic, they, they begin to trust your writing and your, you know, the reasoning, the analysis. A lot of the times I found that they would like verbatim read what I wrote into the record, which is like, oh, great, wow. I'm doing something right. You They're know? listening to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. It, it's, uh, it's, it was a great learning experience. So I did that for five years, and then after that, for the last four, a little over four years, I've been doing private practice. So Interesting. Yeah. Th that that's a great experience as far as getting to see so many files yeah. right within yeah, five years you probably saw anyone, thousands of files yeah anyone any lawyers out there if you want to learn the law i would say go get a job as a i mean it's harder now with covid and all but go get a job as a law clerk as a research attorney working for the court because you're going to see hundreds uh, like myself i wrote over probably over a thousand memoranda for judges and you get to learn so much it's like i think for the time i was there just writing let's say you know for two years of that is prob probably equivalent of maybe five six years of private practice experience because you get to see so much yeah you see everything there is to see it's, it's a great mm -hmm. learning experience well with your experience what was the number one reason for for divorce Obviously, in California, there's it's a no-fault divorce state, so the courts never ask why you're getting a divorce. Uh, the judge never never asks; they don't care. Is that so what irreconcilable differences yeah. means? Like yeah. you're you're not going to be able to reconcile, and mm. as long as California basically gives you a six-month sort of uh, six-month window to mm -hmm. decide whether you really want to you know pull the plug or not, right yeah. so you have to wait at least six months to be legally divorced where you get a judgment and so forth people can still be separated and so forth but mm -hmm. uh, you have to wait by statute at least six months to be legally divorced but when you say six months is that six months before or after the judge signs off uh, on it? six months from the date you file okay. so you have to file the divorce proceeding so one party files the petition and the other <coughs> party, if they want to, if they want to actually be a part of the proceeding, they have to file a response. You yeah. don't have to. You have 30 days to file a response. If you don't do it, the other party can proceed with what's called a default. Mm -hmm. It's basically, Your Honor, I served this person, gave him 30 days, they didn't respond, so I want you to proceed with the case without my husband or wife. Because they're the not challenging. Right. Basically. They're not. They're not responding yeah. for so one it's like reason. So it's like an automatic forfeit at that point. Yeah, you're forfeiting a lot of the rights, but the, the judge will still go, must by law go through all the different elements of what you're asking for is whether you're entitled to it or not, but yeah. Wow. John says as long as you have a wife, <laughs> there is there's never no fault. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> Why are you asking him? Oh it's a true God. statement. Hey, he's seen thousands of files, uh, not me. Every successful relationship, oh my God. you got to make sure your wife knows she's right. <laughs> but hey, see, Rich, on, on top of what John just said, Richard yeah, has a good Richard question. A he's question. asking as far as uh, 
Okay, so who asks for the divorce most often? Is it the wife or is it the husband? It's uh, you, I don't think you could put a number on it. It's both people do. Really? What, what I remember, one judge told me, one of the judges I was working for told me, he said, uh, happy wife, happy, happy life. life. That's like the one of the first things she told me since yeah. you guys are so, bringing that up. Yeah, I use that line for real estate all the time. When the yeah. wife walks in, she looks at something she likes, and the husband's like, oh, Why are you giving industry secrets uh, away right Why now, not, bro? bro? It's, it's a happy wife, happy life, man. It, it's, but what does that mean, though, right? If, if, if that's what the judge says, to it, me it means more wives are filing for a divorce well, than yeah, of husbands are. I don't know. I don't think that's what she was trying to well, say. Well, what else would it mean? We were then? just basically talking about life and, uh, you know, how things work. And Ah, uh, he's trying to say basically keep your wife happy or else she'll divorce you. Yeah, basically that was the whole point of the... Yes. Uh, but I but if you keep the husband unhappy... He'll divorce. He's yeah, not going to divorce. No, no. If you keep the husband <laughs> unhappy, he'll go cheat on you, and then she'll be unhappy, and then she'll divorce you, and then at the end of the day, it's not happy it's wife, fault. happy life. Uh, it's his fault because he cheated on you. I don't think there either gen- there's a... <clears throat> either gender there's like you know one I, files more than the other. i would think women file more than men do i would yeah uh, same here right what do you think i'm not gonna agree with you what do you think i feel like it's just 50 50 at that no nothing is 50 50 yeah, man. unless no. you even do. your legs aren't 50 50 <laughs> yeah unless remember we had nice remember <laughs> yeah ralphie unless was here ralphie Half, one of your feet was up one yeah your feet exactly <laughs> i can't i don't know actually i've never i mean unless you do a survey you get you know a uh, 10,000 divorce filings and you look through it. Well, let's see. You guys can put M or W for m- men, or know, women, men or yeah. women or you can write it out if you don't mind. We're going to have so many divorces after yeah, this let, show. Let's see. Let's see who do you think is the one that it's actually like initiates it, men or women? Their, 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 their significant other sends them a text message. Did you just put M? Did you just put W? <laughs> we you guys are we starting need, we, family we fights to, right now. Yeah, we bro. need to have no, a talk tonight. Well, we have an attorney. He's going to assist them, don't yeah, we? Yeah, don't worry. Use, <laughs> use discount code. Why is yeah. that? For, <laughs> for a 7% discount. Pogi uh, was great. Po- Pogi says, I did a 10-year sentence in the first marriage. Got married again a year ago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Hopefully, this one is 25 so to So, those life. are the ones I don't understand. <laughs> After 10 years, how do you go back into a marriage? Or... People, you know, a lot of people get divorced 20, 30 years into a marriage. Yeah. And the hardest part is seeing that same person get ma- remarried. And that's what to me is like, why would you do that to yourself a second time? That's what doesn't make sense. I mean, everybody wants love, right? Everybody wants stability. And you're hoping the next one Marriage be and better. stability are not the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but that's what you're hoping for. <laughs> Obviously, if you knew you were going to get a divorce, you'd never get married in the first place, right? Uh, yeah. So. Course, yeah, definitely. I mean, do you guys ever, as far as when a when a client comes to you and says, "I want to divorce uh, my husband" or "I want to divorce my wife," serve them, you know, the paperwork? Do you guys ever try to like talk them out of it at all? My the very f- I'm glad you asked that. The very first thing I always tell somebody that comes to have a consultation <coughs> with me, whether it's on the phone or in person, is the first question I ask is, "Can you work it out? Have you tried working it out?" Uh, have you tried to go to therapy? Because yeah. that, if somebody's walking in, and there's been cases where I've literally I've talked them, you know, I've spoken to them, and I found out that they're on the verge, but they're not ready. So you know, I don't want to, I don't want to profit off of someone. Yeah. Just for that, you know, I want to make sure if they're gonna, if they're at that end, you know, they're gonna pull the plug. They're ready to pull the plug because one, divorce is not a cheap process. It's very can be very expensive of course and second i mean it, it can have devastating effects on the family 
So if someone is walking in my office, I want to make sure they know all of the opportunities that are open to them. That there's if they if they're really serious about working it out, they maybe they they should work it yeah. out. And if they're you know, but you know if they say no, I'm done. You know I don't want to go through that. Uh, I'm at the end of my rope. And yeah. I think the hardest part of, as far as for a divorce, and this is not for everybody's case, but you know when when there's actually a child involved. Yeah, it's a very difficult. I think it takes a toll on the kid the most as far as the whole divorce process, yeah. uh, the separation, you know, where's mom, where's that? I mean, <clears throat> I've had, me personally, I've had clients where, you know, they're selling a property and, you know, oh man, it's it's so hard. I, now that I think about it, it's so yeah. crazy. Like, you talk to the kid, you know, you're like, hey, you know, how's it going? You know, and then the kid goes, oh, well. Uh, mommy and daddy decided to sell this i'm gonna live with mommy for a little bit and i'm gonna live with daddy for a little bit and then hopefully everything will be okay we'll get back together but yeah when you know the backstory behind it these two can't stand each other it's just like you feel so heartbroken for the little kid man. next time don't question those kids anymore bro <laughs> i mean i think the literature has changed a little bit from say 20 30 years ago when i was i was a psych major in college and I, at the time, I remember reading literature that talked about divorce and separation. And it, I graduated in 2004. So at that time, I remember reading that it could have, depends on, obviously depending on how the relationship is when you're divorcing, but it can have uh, devastating effects on families and ch children. But I think it's changed a little bit since for the past, you know, 20 some years, because there's not that much of a stigma attached. I mean, when you go to school, if the if the kid says to the teacher, "Hey, my parents are divorced," they don't look at them the same way they used to. Oh, oh you come from a broken not. family because it's it's you know it happens a lot more. You're now. privileged now if you <laughs> come from a divorced family. <laughs> it happens a lot now. So. I mean, seriously, because if if everything is promoting to kind of destroy the nuclear family, then 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 you're no longer looked at as oh, he's a weirdo. He comes from a you know divorced parents. Yeah. Yeah. He or she. It's more so like. Well, d you're special. You come from, <laughs> which no, I, I dude. I I had a f I had a friend in high school who you know whose parents were divorced, and it was, you know, we would hang out at his place. We would play, you know, like PlayStation, and you know, hang out with the friends. And well, one of one of the new guys that actually started hanging out with us, he would say, "Hey, so you know, when is your dad coming home?" He's like, oh, "Well, you know, my parents aren't together anymore," and like, f like he they never, like, had the same communication together after that whole little small interaction together because it was like you know you don't have a dad and your your mom's alone and you're you know you're living with your well, mom what year was this uh, this is like 2000 probably 2001 2000 really? it was, this is like mind you a while ago we yeah. were i think middle school or just entering high school because if I, I think it's <coughs> better for if 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 it's a really unhealthy toxic marriage it's it's healthier for them to just live separately get a True. divorce then for kids to live through that type of, whether it's mental, physical right. abuse, or whatever it happens to be, Definitely. right? Definitely. I mean, if you're seeing the violence, you know, yeah. you're seeing the disrespect, whatever you have on a daily basis as a, as a child, that's not healthy That's going to mess you. them no, up even more healthy. than well, the problem the divorce. Is, the problem is that a lot of these adults, or so-called adults, don't understand it. They There's physical abuse, there's emotional and like right. verbal yeah. abuse going on in the household, and they think it's, uh, you know what, the kid doesn't understand, but... They understand everything. They man. understand everything, man. Like, uh, there are times where me personally, I'll come home stressed out from work, and dude, my daughter's three, and she'll feel it. Yeah. And this is this is 
there's no anger or anything. It's right. just, you know, you're not yourself. Now imagine if there's yelling and screaming going on in the house and cursing going on and you got to, I don't know. Try that. See how she responds. Oh, Jesus. Go in there like a drunk sailor. <laughs> <laughs> she'll, she'll, she'll look at me like, who's this? Re- He'll get slapped. <laughs> she'll look at me like, what the she, hell is this man doing? She brings the handgun and... No more papa. <laughs> Oops. I didn't know my daughter sounds Hispanic. No more papa. <laughs> Papi. Naira, Naira had a comment which uh, she says today at work we were talking about the divorce and I found out that two people if two people file divorce and the wife earns more than the husband does, then she has to pay spousal support. Uh, she wants to know for how long, but. More so, I want to know why are you surprised? Why shouldn't if a, why should a man only have to pay spousal support? Yeah. Why shouldn't the wife pay if she makes more money? Right. That's true. There's two kinds of spouse support. Um, one is referred to as temporary spouse support. This is basically when you're first getting a divorce and you're first separating to try to. Uh, so you have to file first to get the spouse support. You have to file a motion with the court and ask the judge to order the other party to pay for it unless they voluntarily agree to pay, right? So what's, what, the, what the court uses as far as to decide whether one person gets spouse support is obviously income. Uh, now, income, you can receive income from a variety of sources. So if, if you're just a W-2 employee, then obviously it's, everything's on your paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're, you know, if you have your own business, uh, you receive uh, income from some sort of a uh, business that you own, it, the income... Or your four buildings are all under your cousin's <laughs> name. Yeah, so <laughs> exactly. So... <laughs> right. But if your cousin is getting it, <laughs> then you're screwed. <laughs> It's always that. Hey, Gilbert, <laughs> promise me you're not going to get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> it's always that one single cousin. Everyone's properties under his face. Your 14 year old cousin has $45 million in assets. <laughs> the kid can't apply for financial <laughs> I've seen that happen. That's what. their parents what at age of 16 kids are allowed to file to divorce their parents emancipation yeah really? heard of that before? We, we don't yeah we don't deal with that that's a, so a special separate law? part yeah separate part of the law it usually goes through probate court uh it doesn't mm-hmm. go through family court but yeah that's what happens so basically what like the cut the kid unadopts himself or something from the house i don't know what the legal grounds are because we don't you know, we obviously don't work in that area of the law, but you see it with uh, like celebrity act. Oh, he just said it. Uh, Macaulay Culkin did it to his yeah. apparently. Did um, he? Wow. Yeah. The, oh, Levy calls him the Home Alone guy, but <laughs> his name is Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> well, John says the fact that waiting period for divorce is longer than buying firearms tells you which one is deadlier. <laughs> It could be true. <laughs> oh, God. John, why did you become a divorce attorney, bro? These, these one-liners would have worked great in front of the judge. <laughs> He's a PI attorney, right? Yeah, exa- but if he imagine if he dealt with divorce law. This guy would be I like... Don't, uh, I don't think judges would find it funny, but... <laughs> I, want to see, I would love to see John in court. Oh, my God. The judge gives him just like this blank stare. Wow. Oh, man. 
So, <coughs> go ahead. Go ahead. You, you were talking about uh, as so, far as how the income right, is determined. Right, so it's largely, yeah. largely based on income. So on a temporary basis, which is to maintain the status quo of the marriage, the judges often use a formula. So they use just to plug in the numbers on a computer formula, and it tells you on a temporary basis how much support should be. But if you're talking about uh, <coughs> permanent spousal support, which is after yeah. you know you get a judgment and to for whatever long that really depends on the length of marriage so mm. marriages that are 10 years or shorter are considered short-term marriages yeah uh and in which case the, the law provides that if spousal support is awarded it should be half of the length of the marriage so if you're married for nine years you're talking about possibly four and a half years of spousal support what percentage of your income typically uh, so it's not you, the computer decides it if if you're talking about f uh, the temporary spouse support. So you put in on one side of the formula, uh, actually on one side of the uh, the computer program, you put in you know husband's income, and then on the other side you put in wife's income uh, if she's working or if he's working, and then the computer just spits out a number for a temporary support figure. I hope that system never gets messed up. Bro. Is it, it that it the system has to have a formula, though? It, yeah, it, it does, does have yeah. a formula. It's a very complicated formula. It's in the family code. It, but we don't go if if the computer is doing it for you. You don't <coughs> you go calculate. You don't argue the computer. No, okay. no. And then once that, then that, for example, if if it's hundred grand a year that needs to be paid. Mm -hmm. It's half of the first 10 years of the marriage. So, so if it's, let's say, nine years, right? Yeah. So it's four and a half, possibly <coughs> four and a half years of uh, support. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't al always mean you're just because the, it says in the code that you could get up to half of the length of the marriage that you're actually going to get it. You have to show need for spousal support and the other person being able to pay it, right? So when you're talking about uh, permanent spouse support, which is often, you know, it to... Uh, so I talked about uh, short-term marriage and long-term marriage. Long-term marriage is when you're married for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. So when you're married for over 10 years, there's no statute, there's no law that says how long you can get spousal support. So theoretically, it can be for a very Perpetuity? long time. Yeah, it could theoretically be depending really? on. Yeah. So it depends on the situation. There's well, a I'm screwed. There's a specific <laughs> family code. A family code, your viewers can actually go <coughs> review it, 4320. It talks about 14, 15 factors that the judge has to individually consider. One of those factors is, for example, marital lifestyle. What kind of lifestyle you guys had? Did you go on vacations all the time? Oh Did you have expensive, God, expensive cars? Did you lease a <coughs> Mercedes S-Class or was it a Hyundai? But see, you know, just so you here's, what, well, here's what I'm curious about now. Let's say, for example... You did have that lavish looks, you know, mm -hmm. lifestyle as far as the Mercedes is, the vacations. Right. But, you know, as time went on, let's say business wasn't as good as it was supposed to be. Right. and They take that into consideration. Yeah. Oh, they do? Okay, because yeah. I'm yeah. like, financial stuff happens. and No, they're, know, they're not going to look at what happened 20 years ago. If you're married, let's say, 25 years, they're not going to look what happened 20 years ago. Maybe 20 years ago you had a great business going, but yeah, the that's, last see, that's five years, I'm, no. Or not even that. Let's say, for example, <coughs> within like a one-year span, like... Depending on the job, the <coughs> kind of job you have, right? So if you have fluctuating income, if your income fluctuates from year to year, the court can look at a shorter period of time. So let's say you got some sort of a financial, you're a broker. So every year you're a broker, you're you know you're selling life insurance or whatever. Every year could be different, right? Some year you're making three hundred grand, another year you're making five hundred. One year you're not making anything, hundred grand. 
you know so the court will in those situations they can look at a shorter period of time or a more representative period of time to see to kind of figure out what the marriage was like so now if you can be a loop there can be a loophole in that basically you could basically say you know what i'm having a let's say for example you had a good five years mm -hmm. getting a divorce now you could say oh, you know what this year was a terrible year there's kind of like a loophole in there it's not necessarily a, 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 that it's a loophole but it has to be a representative factor of what the marriage was like and right? if you're self-employed it could vary right so we have we have had cases where throughout the marriage you've had great income you know you're living a great you know lifestyle but then towards the last few years of marriage either coincidentally or purposely you know your income starts going down so that's something that the judge needs to consider was this intentionally reduced income because if you do that that you can't do that so the judge can you know look at all that stuff but you you touched on a good uh, good point <coughs> that let's say you're living you're buying mercedes and you're living this crazy lifestyle but that's not, you know, if you're living on credit cards and barely making ends meet in order to do that, that's not a real that's yeah. representative factor. So the court can look at that to see if you were basically getting in debt in order to finance that kind of lifestyle. So the court's not going to look at that, say, you know what? Yeah, you were driving a Mercedes, so, so you should always know you drive one. That's not the case. You got to look to see how it was financed. And how they maintain that lifestyle makes mm -hmm. sense. So it's it's a bunch of different factors. Marital lifestyle is one. Age of the parties, health of the parties, whether there was domestic violence in the ma in the in the marriage, uh, whether one person stayed home to take care of the kids, or whether one person contributed to the other spouse's lifestyle or career. So it's a lot of different factors that judges individually have to consider in order to determine whether one person gets a spouse's support or not. You can't simply for permanent spouse support, you, there's case law that specifically says that you can't use a formula, that you have to individually consider each and every factor to come up with a good analysis as to why the support should be granted or why not. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, do, you have, do you have any questions? Uh, John says, can the IHSS check your wife gets to care for you count as alimony or? The IHSS? Yeah, it's income. <laughs> Yeah. But he's saying <laughs> your wife is getting IHSS check because she's care taking you. care of you. <laughs> is that considered? <laughs> so if IHSS, if you're receiving IHSS, yes, that can be considered <clears throat> income. Well, Ophelia just said, been married 22 years and I got awarded lifetime alimony. Wow. Wow. That's Got That's awarded lifetime alimony. Yeah, she yeah. got awarded a uh, lifetime of alimony. Yeah, you, so it really... Does alimony pay well? Alimony well, it really depends <laughs> on your age. depends on the husband's depends income. Depends on the income, lifestyle, all the factors we just spoke about. So if it's over 10 years... So think of a situation like this. You're 20 years old when you get married, mm -hmm. okay? 12 years later, you're 32, you get divorced. Both husband has a great job, wife has a great job. I don't imagine any judge in the world that would grant lifetime of support to either spouse. But would they, as far as if the husband and wife make an equal amount of income together? Let's say, for example, realistically speaking, each one of them makes, I don't know, $70,000, $80,000 a year annually mm -hmm. to each one. And, you know, they both have their life insurance and mm -hmm. the automobiles are basically the same. Everything is basically equal. Would, would, a would a wife get alimony if she were to say, oh, I need x amount of dollars to live this type of lifestyle no. if you're both making the same amount of money mm -hmm. 
then neither spouse should, uh, if the judge follows the law, neither one of them should get spousal support. Now, as far as if there's a child involved in it. That's different. You're talking about child support. Yeah, yeah. but here's the thing. Child, child support, at the end of the day, the kid is both of their kid. Correct. Uh, if the wife comes in and says, I want full child support, would the judge grant that if they're basically making equivalent amount of money? Or would, is that a factor as well? They'd be like, okay, you know what? No. This so is- child support is based on a few things. One is, again, your income. Mm-hmm. And, excuse me. One is based on your income, and two is what's called timeshare. Timeshare is how much time each person spends with the child. And the way it's calculated is you got 24 hours in a day, mm-hmm. let's say 365 or 366 days, mm-hmm. whichever the case is. So you're roughly talking about 8,760 hours or 8,784 8, hours. Whatever it is, right. yeah. So that's the number of hours in an entire year. So you try to, f- so it's kind of a complicated, but you got to sit down, write on a piece of paper how much time the child spends with one parent how much time the child spends with the other parents. So if if dad sees the child, you count it, you know, in a, let's say an entire year or in a three month period, you figure out how much each spends. You put it in again in a formula. Again, it's the same formula that the judges use or for spouse support, Mm -hmm. temporary basis. You put it in, you put the support amount, um, not the support amount, I'm sorry, income. Mm -hmm. You put the timeshare amount and then there's a variety of factors you can use what they're single married filing jointly that the tax implications have a so that can vary what the child support is for example if you're filing married filing uh separately that's a different tax implication than single or head of household so it all matters if you're paying interest on your home loan you can put that in there if you're paying mandatory uh uh, union fees. If you have mandatory Jesus, retirement, man, there's so much involved in this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's co- I mean that's why we go to three years of school. The obviously law school doesn't teach you all the specifics. No, 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 of, it, of course not. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it can be complicated. So when people, you know, sometimes uh, some people will ask me a question like, "Hey, uh, uh you know, you do you know so and so that does this or?" Yeah, he does divorce, he does personal injury, he does business litigation. I'm like, you know, that's, you know, basically a general practice. Yeah. Now, to me, and I've certain heard this from many attorneys, it's general malpractice, not yeah. general practice. You can't be, you can't be doing like four, five, six different areas no, of no, laws no, 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 no. and do it competently, not to get sued. Um, in our in our practice, we just do family law. Period. That's it. That's it. I mean, family law. You're talking about a code book that has thousands of pages, and in order to uh, you you know to know what you're doing, I can't really imagine doing multiple areas of law. Yeah, and it's probably one of the most sensitive topics. It as can far be, as, yeah. yeah, because I mean, you have again, there's finances involved, there's children involved, there's assets involved. Yeah. There's so many factors. But here's one question for you. This is actually you know. Uh, something that falls into my category of work. Let's say, for example, you're in the midst of purchasing a property. Right. And in the meantime, while you're basically in escrow, you're getting a divorce now. Okay. But the person who's purchasing the property wants to continue and wants to continue the purchase. Would a, uh, would basically, would the wife, even if a quitclaim deed is signed, Mm -hmm. a quitclaim deed meaning like it's a document saying that, you know, 
whoever this person is is off of the deed if a quit claim deed is signed by the wife who is soon to be ex-wife can she come back later for that asset so that's a very technical question but to answer that question you got to back up a little bit so the from the moment you <coughs> file a divorce whether it's to the husband or the wife and you serve the other person you have to get them personally served okay you from the moment you serve the other person they have what's called uh, family code has what's called the automatic temporary restraining order the automatic temporary restraining order it prevents once the divorce is filed prevents either spouse from doing multiple things one you can't cancel you know insurance policies life insurance okay uh, whatever the case is you can't close joint bank accounts you know uh, or f uh, you can't uh, make large purchases, you know, or large sales such as a uh, such as a home. So if you're, it really depends on the exact moment in time where you are as far as the sale or purchase of the home when the divorce is filed and the person is served. So if you're in the middle of the process, let's say you're in escrow and at that, you know, you're. Let's say you got a 90-day escrow, yeah. and you're in the 45th day. You got multiple offers coming in, and right in the middle of escrow, one of them files for a divorce and gets the other served. Technically, you can't do that unless the other person approves it or a court of law. Well, approves hence the reason. It. Let's say, for example, the wife does say, or the soon-to-be ex-wife or ex-husband, whoever it is, comes in and says, "Yeah, you know what? You can have the property. You can mm -hmm. buy it yourself. Mm -hmm. Anyways, it's under your name. Right. I'll sign a quit-claim deed." Right. Can they come back later? After? Obviously, they can always assert a claim, but it's really it's a technical question whether they understood what they were doing, whether they knowingly waived their rights. You know, you're talking about even, every even if it's notarized. A notary doesn't mean <laughs> anything. Shit, man. Yeah, it doesn't mean you were in the right state of mind, right? It depends exactly if you understood what you're doing. You know. Well, then in that case, I mean, you look at it as as far as on a legal standpoint, any of these documents that we're signing could be. What are they fighting about while they're buying Not necessarily, house? but... No, for fighting... And it could be anything, bro. Husband punches the wife or wife punches the husband. Something happens financially. He's caught cheating. He's a, he, he becomes a raging alcoholic overnight. Anything could happen, Here's bro. Maybe thing. it was an accident. Here's the thing. In law, the, usual, the, the, the correct answer often is it depends. It you depends. know, because that really every question can be so technical. And every judge... Uh, judges are human beings. They make mistakes all the time. They do correct things all the time. So er, you can have Jeez. the same exact situation in front of two different judges, and you might have two different, ex completely two different results. Wow. So let's say you, the couple does file a divorce, and they're granted, for example, 10 years of X amount of dollars. Now, For support? For, yeah. For, for spousal support? Spousal support is the same as alimony, right? Yes. Okay. So after five years of receiving alimony mm -hmm. the wife remarries what happens to the alimony the family code specifically provides that if the person that's paying support or rather receiving support the person that's receiving support if they get remarried support stops doesn't matter if whatever the new husband makes no support completely stops unless you have a separate written agreement that specifically says even if i was to you know i'm receiving 100k from you uh, a month let's say and even if i was to remarry you would continue paying unless you the husband agreed Contract. to something yeah mm -hmm. unless you can agree to something like that in writing 
support is going to stop the day that person that's receiving support remarries. remarries. But not the prov- the one g- not providing the, provider. the support. No, he would still. So that that's, uh, you know, uh, there's a, I remember when I first started with a court, uh, we had a case <laughs> where, uh, so I get the papers, I'm reviewing the papers, and the judgment, you know, the judgment they got into specifically says that, so husband is supposed to pay, you know, whatever, I don't remember the amount. He was paying wife support. And the judgment specific, the term specifically said that if uh, the husband, he's the one who's paying support, decides to get married, support stops. So what does he do? <laughs> like, gets married not three even, weeks later. Not even like a few months after the divorce is finalized, he got remarried. And wow. obviously he filed a motion with the court saying, Your Honor, she signed it. And I go, I show the judge, I'm like, this has to be a mistake. This is like, a, you know, no person would literally agree to it. Like, you would never agree that, yeah, if my, you know, my husband, as soon as he gets married, he doesn't have to pay me support. Yeah. And the, the judge and I looked at it and, said, oh, man, this is a malpractice suit, in a, you know, wow. just right there. So Jeez. what if now what happens if the provider, not the one receiving mm-hmm. the uh, support, Let's say their income changes; it increases or decreases. The other, if so, if they're, let's say you're, you agree to pay, or the judgment says the husband is to pay the wife twenty grand a month in support, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, where do you come up with these numbers, man? Twenty grand a month, hundred grand a month. That's Jeez, what we man. deal with. Uh, <laughs> it seems people like people have more money <laughs> have more problems, yeah. right? Uh, often can be the case. Well, can be the case, but okay. Let's and your with your case, question, yeah. if if your income does change, the husband is paying support, and then within a couple of years or whatever the case is, his income changes, and it's a legitimate change, not something that he did purposely to reduce his income. Then what he has to do is file a motion with a court to modify support. Basically. Yeah, you have to yeah. file, and the judge again will go through the different factors to see yeah. how much whether. They need to modify because there's been cases where, for example, there was a case I read where the husband decided after paying support, he decided to become a monk. He said, I'm going to become a monk. And, you know, because my life, the the work I was doing was just so stressful that it was driving me, you know, Mm -hmm. to the brink. And the wife said, no, you can't do that. But the judge surprisingly said, yeah, he's allowed to do that. It's a religious... Yeah, it, uh, not necessarily based on religion, but because he decided life to... Life choice. Right. Yeah, so you would... This is an exception, though. You would... I have never seen anything like that before. This was a f- case of first impression for me. But, I mean, it would have to be something so realistic and it would have to make sense. Like, for example, an Armenian person turning around and saying, oh, I want to be a monk, you'd be like, okay, this man is obviously yeah, it crazy. Yeah, to be a legitimate... Yeah. But if it's somebody right. who's of age, Asian descent... They'll be like, okay, you know what? I want to be a monk. You're like, all right, you know what? I don't know whether the ethnicity has anything to no, do. No, but with I mean, as far as the realistic of, sto- of the story, yeah, I'm very racist, absolutely. Yeah, th- th- this it's is not gonna, the first time, Alfred. People are gonna take this video right now. They're gonna be like, oh my god, Orno is a racist. No, you're gonna take this clip and use it for tomorrow's Instagram. Wednesdays. Uh, Wednesdays. Instagram. Wednesdays Instagram. Please. It has to be a legitimate basis why the income decreased. So if, <laughs> if, for example, the person decides voluntarily to stop working because they don't feel like paying their wife support, that's not a legitimate basis. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Vartan wants to know, can you divorce the mother-in-law? <laughs> <laughs> not in Armenian families, no. no. <laughs> you're you're unless you're married to your mother-in-law. Vartan, you're stuck, buddy. You're stuck. Uh, uh, but he did, he, Vartan did mention as far as couples fighting over a family 
uh, dog during a divorce. I think a dog and stuff would be as, uh, equivalent to like a child, wouldn't it? Well, no, they uh, they have a new statute, new case that came out a couple of years ago that dogs you can before before the statute came out. Uh, you couldn't divide a dog in a divorce judgment, but now you can. It's considered property. Is it similar can. to like a child as far as timeshares and all that? They will. Yeah, we yeah. have a case. They actually, they're, they're, they're uh, yeah, they have a beef over the dog. So, so how do they trans- transfer that. the dog over? Like, is there a specific? I know when the kids, like, let's say there's a really bad divorce. Yeah. The kid goes to a center that. They meet the at a police yeah. station. They meet at a, in front of a police station. That's the case we have, and That's they exchange insane. the dog. And I mean, yeah, the, I don't know. Ri- what to say. Richard says uh, marriage is like a tornado. It starts wet and wild, and then <laughs> by the end, <laughs> it takes away your car and <laughs> your house. <laughs> You see the, Is you this see podcast going to ruin my future? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to know. You know um, that's, it's made a lot of people's yeah. future right after they left here, man. It's so. broken some futures and made some futures. You get to decide. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Naira, going back to your comment, you, you, Naira was the one who asked about whether or not uh, this, the wife would also pay alimony. And you said, yes, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter on the gender. Uh, and now she made a second comment as far as she can't fathom as far as why would somebody, whether man or woman, accept money from their ex-spouse? Uh, but I can give you examples. For for example, uh, I'll tell you why. Three of my employees, yeah, uh, the women, they're they're female. Yeah, they, they they work for me, and their husbands are the uh, receivers. The house, what do you call it? house? The, the bread house maker. House housekeeper. House oh, house ha- oh, okay. yeah. So the husband's Homemaker. the one. The hu- yeah, the, yeah. Hu- the husband is the one who takes care of the kids. Yeah. So if there's a divorce and she's the one that makes the money, the husband doesn't have a job for him to go out there in the real world mm-hmm. and make money. He's going to have to start from the bottom up. Right. Both husband and wife are entitled to the same exact yeah. right. So there's no difference whether you're female or male. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's no shame as long as it's, you know, if there's no malicious intent as far as you're getting it, you got married because you wanted to get a divorce so you can have a free Right, that's different, obviously. But if it was a legitimate marriage, marriage, especially if you have kids, there's no shame in collecting alimony and child support as long as, again, not like the ones you see in Hollywood where it's like, well, I need 18 million a month to live. Really, what the hell are you doing with 18 million a month? Armenia's GDP is barely 18 million <laughs> a year. Come on, like, <laughs> you know, uh, well, it's more, a little more than okay. that. Well, it's it's, the, it's completely like negative at this point. Yeah. But no, seriously, there isn't. There shouldn't be any shame. I mean, if if you chose that lifestyle as far as you being a stay-at-home dad, taking care of the kids, it's basically equivalent to a stay-at-home mom. She's there. She's taking care of the kids. Right. And to be honest with you, it's 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 a hard job. Like. I'm fortunate enough to actually have, you know, uh, my mom and my mother-in-law watch our daughter when both, uh, you know, my wife and I yeah. are at work. My mother-in-law and my mom and our uh, both of our parents are in, are in Vegas right now, You're and they're screwed. and they're coming back Wednesday, <laughs> and you can't. My wait, wife is you. working tomorrow, which means Your I, I'm babysitting tomorrow all day with her. Don't get a divorce. No, no, no! It's not about now the, and Wednesday. No, it's not about that. It's, it's <laughs> He's like praying for here's the, the early thing. Return of here's the, the thing. I'm not obviously. I'm not used to spending an entire day with my daughter. As far as from 
the, the moment we wake up until the moment we sleep because I'm working most of the time. Right. So tomorrow's going to be a very interesting day for the both of us because she's going to open her eyes and, well, you know, dad's home with her practically all day, feeding, chilling, going here, going there. And it, it, it takes a lot of effort. And I, yeah. oh, and I tell my wife, I'm like, you know what? I, I really do commend you for being able to do this four days a week of the three days that she's working four days a week. She's home with her. Uh, I give her props. I give her props. Now, again, going back to what I was saying, as far as, uh, you know, do, do you don't have to be ashamed as far as, okay. <laughs> as, as far as, okay, you're, you're a stay at home dad. It is what it is. You know, you yeah. should, uh, if you're going to get a divorce and the wife is working, but at the same time, if you don't have kids, I see how that could truly like just, just leave. I mean, even if you're not working, uh, go get a job. You don't, truly need maybe a little bit temporary support but it shouldn't be like you you leech on them for 10 15 20 years because you were married to them unless again you'd contributed to their success right or somehow well that's what i'm, you that's what I'm saying dude. just watching the being able to watch a child like you're but that's why i said if you don't have kids oh if you don't have and kids. it's difficult to justify well what were you doing you were just a that's, security guard at home that's actually one of the factors if you contributed to your spouse's success yeah. career success that's one of the factors the court has to consider <coughs> to determine whether you should receive permanent spouse support mm. so you know you'll hear a lot you know with uh women you know they stayed home to take care of the kids and their husband and they contributed to their husband's success how do yeah. they do that? They yeah. took care of the kids. I mean, taking mm. care of kids is not an easy job. It's a full-time it's, uh, kid. I mean, full-time, yeah, exactly. It's twenty. It's more than full-time. Yeah. You know, it's three full-time jobs yeah. put together, you know, eight hours a day. Don't remind me. So, uh, you know, if, if the husband's out of the house working, they're raising the kids, they're, you know, always, you know, taking the kids to school, feeding the kids, bathing the kids, you know, yeah. being their basically teacher and everything. Uh, at the same time, contributing to their career, that's one of the things that court will consider as far as spouse support is yeah. concerned. Guys, like and share. As you can see, this is valuable information. Obviously, we don't want anybody to have to deal with divorce, but we're going to get into other topics that I think a lot of the younger crowd probably will have questions as far as oh, yeah. common, uh, right, uh, common laws uh, and maybe domestic violence or <laughs> did you did you see tina, did you see tina's comment it was, tina this was something we touched base on already a little bit in the beginning as far as uh moving money around and businesses under people's names but uh, i mean I, and you know what it's not only men it's women too don't be don't be sexist with stuff like that but yeah uh let's say a man or woman uh does uh move money around so there's or, only two genders may, men and or women according to Science. A, a, according to actual science and yeah, okay. uh, a logical person. Not but, No, no, no we're not going. Important. No, Ed, no. you're so quiet today. <laughs> we're, we're not going off Facebook rules today. 72 genders. Ah, okay. I'm quiet today. I mean, divorce is not something I specialize in. <laughs> no. I got married early and I'm, I'm good. But uh, what, going back, going to what Tina says, but let's say a man or a woman does move stuff around, ch change assets to, you know, a cousin's name. And mind you, not during the divorce process, but like prior to the divorce. Let's call it six months or a year prior to the actual divorce itself. It depends what the purpose was. So let's say for the Again. sake of argument, you decide 
you want to be the most generous person on the planet Earth and donate gift. your one million dollar house to your cousin and your wife agrees to it, that's a gift. You you can't do anything about <laughs> Why that. Why else did you I do mean, it? Uh, no, let's say it's not under your wife. Let's say it's, for example, under your name. There's a you bought it prior to marrying your wife, and you just basically did you. So again, there's a few layers. Again, right? you got to be stupid to obviously just give it up like that. I'm sure you'll be smart enough to kind of do some. Well, it depends who you are, right? George Clooney just uh, we found out recently that he gave a million dollars to each one of his friends, lifelong friends. Why would you do it? Because he's a great guy. He wanted to show his appreciation to all his friends that supported him throughout his life. He gave a million dollars in cash to these people. I, should, I shouldn't friends. have cussed him out, bro. I think he's I cheap. I shouldn't have cussed him he's out, man. cheap, bro. million bucks? million bucks isn't money nowadays. Right. He was my friend. I shouldn't have cussed him out, bro. <laughs> Shit. So it depends what the purpose was, right? If, if it was a legitimate gift, it's different. But when you're trying to hide your income, transferring money here and there, there's a paper trail. And if you can show the illegit- uh, the reason why it was done, it was not... Like legitimate, basically. Right. Then, mm. yeah, you can... Because, I mean, obviously, you could you can set stuff off as far as selling a property to not even a cousin or a friend or somebody mm-hmm. as far as actually selling it to them, but kind of so well, here's, keeping it hush But if your wife knows why you did it, She'll bring it to surface during a divorce. I, I, I sold. I sold the property. I literally not gifted. I sold the property to okay. a to, B, it, to a one to first, this person. First question is: Was it community property or separate property? Okay. If it's separate property, you decide. You've you. There's never yeah, no community property. She can has to talk su- about she can't what even makes it community, community property sure. and what's separate. So, well, sir, there was a question about alimony. Let's answer that sure, real quick, sure, and then we'll okay. get into community law. No uh, Ophelia was asking, can you modify an alimony after final judgment? Of course, you can always modify it as long as there's a change of circumstance. So the law is, if there's a final judgment, it's a final divorce, and you know, uh, one person pays alimony to the other per- person. In order to modify that judgment, you have to show what's called a it's a legal term called substantial change in circumstances. So it can't be like, oh, I thought about it over the last no. two years and <laughs> no. I think I got ripped no. off. No, no. it changed. Okay. You had a change of heart. It's not like the Dodgers case. Did you guys hear about the Dodgers case? No. Okay. So uh, there. Before I go on to that, as 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 long as there's a substantial change in circumstance, one which one could be. You know, the amount of income you receive changes substantially. Yeah, yeah. That's a substantial change, and you can ask the court to modify it. Whether you're going to get it or not, that's a qu- different question. Uh, but you have to show that. As far as the Dodgers example, so when the Dodgers, so Frank McCourt bought the Dodgers, I think, I don't know, it was, I don't know how many million it was, 300 million or whatever the case was. But Sorry. by the time. When I laugh, it's when so when we laugh, it's because of some of the comments we're reading I, to get to the I'm question. Sh- I've I've actually read your comments when I'm watching your shows. There's some hilarious stuff going on. Yeah, some of the, the John is like, does divorce thing last longer than my marriage? <laughs> <laughs> it could. He says, if you're a stay-at-home dad, what kind of dress should you wear to court? <laughs> wow. Well, I don't know. No, no I'm, I'm here to listen today, bro. Oh, <laughs> bro, I can't. So the Dodgers, Sorry, the Dodgers yeah. claim. Go ahead. So the, the McCourt case, you guys, you obviously heard about the McCourt yeah, yeah. divorce. Uh, I was in law school at the time. I think I was towards the end of my. I was in third year. I, I don't. I think I was in my third year. But so he buys the Dodgers. I think for two hundred, mm-hmm. three hundred million, something mm-hmm. like that. 
but by the time they're getting a divorce and you know it was uh, and he decides to sell it i think they sold it for four billion something to that effect it was and two point something two point something yeah. i thought it was four i may be mistaken well, i mean two billion four billion. right what's the difference <laughs> what's right the difference, man? Uh, so by the time so they decide to and this this is when when they're getting a divorce you we would hear like we there i remember reading stories where checks were baseball player checks were yeah. getting bounced uh and that frank mccourt didn't have any money and this there was articles in the newspapers newspapers and so forth so when it came to trial uh they basically uh, uh his wife who's a lawyer uh from if i'm not mistaken she's a lawyer and she's got an mba degree so and she was an executive of the dodgers yeah so she's a very smart woman and so they come up with an agreement, settlement agreement, that she decided to accept, I, if I'm not mistaken, 150 or $200 million as her share, you know, 50% share of the Dodgers. She accepted it, and a couple of, I don't know how long after that, a year or two, I'm not sure exact time period. He, this is when he actually ends up selling it for, whether it's $2.5 yeah. or $4 billion, huge difference, right? So she files an appeal with the court of appeal and says, you know, I made a mistake and so forth. And one of the lines the judges used was, "Hey, you're you were an executive of the company, you, you know, knew you all the knew, finances. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You knew what you were getting into. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was some risk as far as you know. No one really knew how much it was going to get sold for, right? But you took a chance. It's either two hundred million now or maybe nothing. Maybe the court, the the team files for bankruptcy, you get nothing." Right, so yeah. that could that well, you got to look. She at was smart, time. but she was dealing with Frank. Frank. Right. Frank sold the team, but kept the parking lot. Yep. The guy still makes money off of the parking. The ravine. <laughs> Which is it's not a bad idea, considering he these, charged like forty, fifty bucks per car. Well, these people, people are not stupid to become the owner of an <laughs> so MLB. Yeah. Team. Your question was, yeah. what if you have a change of yeah. heart? And of course, like no, yeah. you know, you, you not, knew what matter. you signed the contract. <laughs> Can we talk? Can we talk about what's uh, community law? Community law. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so from the day you get married, so f- to the day you separate, there's this concept called date of separation, which we'll talk about. So from the date you get married to date of separation, anything that's acquired during that time period through employment. We're not talking about gifts where your dad or your cousin or whoever gives you a gift. No, but you know something that's acquired from your own labor, from your own employment, from your own employment, whether you're a W two employee or have your own business, whatever is acquired during that period is considered community property. Okay, so let's say for the sake of argument, you're going through it, you decide to file for a divorce, right? Um, right before you file for a divorce, like two days before let's say your date of separation so date of separation the concept we just spoke about date of separation is this concept that the courts have defined as this time period where it literally defines when you are to be considered legally separated from your wife is you have to do two things one you have to one spouse has to tell the other spouse that you know we're done. We're done. I don't want to be with you anymore. We're and doing something about it either moving out of the house or you know going to the hotel or sleeping in another room that's considered your date of separation unless you reconcile that date of the date of separation goes out the window but if you haven't done any other reconciliation then date of separation is what divide what decides what from what period to what period the assets are going to get divided so let's say 
bef a day before your date of separation, you go buy a lotto and you win $500 million. That's community, and you bought it from your W-2 income, whatever your income, your work money, from, uh, that's 50-50 community. But let's say you tell you go home tonight, not any of you guys, <laughs> you go home, uh, I you wish know. we have Alfred on our side. <laughs> right, you tell your you tell your wife, you know what, uh, I don't want to be with you anymore. Um, I want to file for a divorce, and you decide to move out of the house. Two uh, days later, you, you go ticket. to the Seven mm Eleven. -hmm. You just you know, you buy a ticket, and you win. That's yours. But what happens if you come into the marriage? Let's say you're not, you haven't met anybody. You're not dating. Mm -hmm. You have won the lottery, or you have a million dollar home, or you have a business that does million dollars a year, whatever amount you want to talk about. What happens when you meet somebody, you're dating them, and then you decide to marry them? Uh -huh. Is anything you've owned prior to the actual marriage date considered? It's considered your separate property. Separate yeah. property. Unless you decide during the marriage to commingle that stuff or do a transfer deed where you give your spouse equal interest to everything. Unless you do that, yes, yeah, still considered separate property. Then what's the point of having a prenup then? The point of prenup is try to make things as, as smooth as possible. As yeah. smooth as possible in the case of a divorce is less expensive as possible and to define what's community, what's separate. So there's things you can do in a in a premarital agreement that you can't do by law if you didn't have a premarital agreement. For example, uh you put in a premarital agreement that, you know, uh, whatever money I earn is my separate property and you don't share any of it. That's If you do that in a prenup, that's that's cool. It's all copacetic. It's, it's just uh, the wife or the husband, vice versa, they have, have to, to agree, agree to it. Uh, of course. Which yeah. is basically, that's when it kind of gets a little messy as far as trust issues and stuff. They go, well, you know what? You don't trust me yeah. as far as the other person. It's a difficult situation. I mean, I was talking to a, uh, a friend of mine who said, hey, you know, he's got a successful business. And I said, you know, even if I'm not your lawyer, you know, you should get a prenup. You know, why? You know, I'm like, listen, you've got this successful business, right? And let's, for the if things don't always work out. Yeah. You obviously go with the best intentions. You marry someone for love and things don't always work out. Do you really want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars fighting over something and have to divide at the end? You know, if you have a prenup, you don't have to go through those problems. You can try to, you know, make it as 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 protected as possible if you follow the right things to do. It makes but it a smooth transition. But as Vartan says, any I, when I see a prenup, mm -hmm. that's just like a recipe for the divorce that's about to come. Not no, later no. down the road. I, I wouldn't say that. No, no. If you have, let's say, millions in assets prior to your marriage, why not get a prenup? You can always then dissolve it if you feel like, well, you know, this is fine, right? Can't I've you? done so many, uh, like in our office, we've done so many prenups where they're not even, the people are not, you know, your millionaires, wealthy people. No, but they just want to define when I'm getting into this marriage, this is what's mine. You know, I own a condo. If I'm making, you know, if I'm working, I want this the money to be considered mine because I go, you know, I work my butt off. I have, this is my business. Yeah. I want it to be considered my separate business. I mean, I understand you. You people want to define a contract the way they want to yeah. define it before they get into a marriage. Because you could look at it like this: you don't have to get married to live with each other and have kids. No, you don't. No, marriage no. is just is a is a choice between a man and a woman, or 
nowadays a man and a man or a woman and a woman to basically contractually live together right. and kind of share everything that they right. have. So technically, but, you don't have to marry somebody. But does no, community but property can, apply though in California? A good, that's a good question. Well, so uh, you brought up uh, common law. Mm-hmm. So in California, you don't have common law marriage. Some, yeah. In some states, uh, you know, if you live with a person for a certain, let's say, 10 years, and if you're not married, you're still considered married. sort of married. Yeah. And you have to follow the protocols and divide things. In California, you don't have that. You could but, live with somebody for 20 years, have 18 kids, still, right. unless you're legally married, it's not yes common no. property. Yes and Community no. Community property. Community property. Yes and no. So there, that's where I was going. So you don't have common law marriage in California, but what you do have is called a Marvin marriage. Uh, it's called a Marvin contract, Marvin agreement. Uh, Marvin is... Don't think we're that stupid, yeah. basically. Uh, <laughs> Marvin is... There was this actor, you guys might remember him, Lee Marvin. He was like, I think, from the 60s, 70s. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he he lived with a woman for some years, his, his, you know, his girlfriend. And the girlfriend alleged that uh, it was like the... F- case of first impression you know they were not married they lived together the girlfriend said filed an action with the courts that he promised that he would support me till we died he would provide a life for me you know would live this luxurious lifestyle blah 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 you know all these things and then he broke up with her and went his own way and he was like no i never said those things you know prove it so yeah and it became basically did you form a contract with that person that you're gonna you know, live with them and you're going to do a certain set of things and that if for some reason you decide to break up, we are still going to, you know, kind of apply this concept that you're still sort of considered married, right? Uh, So if that's the case, you live with a person, let's say, and you promise, hey, I'm going to take care of you for the rest of your life. You know, I'm going to provide for you no matter what. Uh, Even if it's oral, but you could still, even if it's not in writing, but it's an oral agreement, but you can prove it if you. How would you prove it? Let's say there's witnesses, right? Uh, uh, On the night. How do you prove verbal agreements? On, let's say you're, you guys having a party at your house, you're celebrating your. You know, 10 years being together. It's on video. And the husband stands up and says in front of 20 guests, just as I told you 10 years ago that I would take care of you for the rest of your life, I'm telling you that now. I'm going to take care of you. Whatever I own, you own half. And mind you, all those witnesses have to testify. Guys, all of you that enjoy drinking, John, (laughs) Dr. Vachik, make sure your toasts are calculated. <laughs> I like what there John has, John's comments aren't even calculated. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, John was asking, is the debt split in half? Did she yeah, take half the debt if, just if as, I racked up in credit card? Yeah, just as your really? assets are split in half, your debts are split in half. Unless oh. unless you went and like gambled and gambled on. hundred grand at uh, Morongo and got a bunch of debt your wife wow. didn't know about that's that's but so as far as like credit card debt accumulated between you guys as far as Home Depot cards Best Buy cards all that stuff right right it, wow. it's as, long as, it's, as long as it's spent for the purpose of the community for I you see. guys yeah so let's say if you you have a property that's worth a million dollars before you're getting married before you're getting yeah. married worth a million bucks. yeah it's okay. yours Why? it's separate property sure. and then thank you Five years later into your marriage, you're getting a divorce. Now the property is accumulated to $2 million in value. Is that million-dollar difference that's accumulated in the five years considered community, or it's still separate because you owned it prior to your marriage? So it depends on a couple of things, right? 
So let's say the property was worth a million bucks before you got married. Right. Or right on the, a day yeah, before yeah. you got married, it's worth a million dollars. So you're talking about issues as far as reimbursement, right? Third, so it depends. Did you, once you actually got married, was it completely paid off or not? Uh, so that has to do with it. If you're making payments for the property, you bought it, you know, five years before you got married. So you still have another 25 years of a mortgage, let's right, say, for the right. sake of example, right? But you, So if you're working from and paying for, for the mortgage from your W-2 income or whatever income you have, then that's considered community, right? The income that you're paying for it. So your wife or husband can say, you know, the, the money you paid for the, you know, we were married five years, you paid from your job, you know, that's, that's, she has we an interest. We both made the payment. Right, exactly. So it's not the value, but are they going to calculate at how much had you paid off by yeah, at that of course point? You and have to everything. prove it. You have okay. to, there's a paper, there has to be a paper trail to everything. A paper trail, everything. You talked about, a good example is this. Uh, I, I want to say this was maybe 2014, 2015, so uh, 2014. I was, at that point, I was in private practice. Uh, so we get a case uh, of this uh, nice, very nice gentleman. Uh, he, by what, at the time he got married, he had been married 22 years. Mm -hmm. So at the time he got married, he was worth, I want to say, may from the documents I reviewed, a eight point nine million dollars. He was okay. worth that much. He signed a prenup when he got married, and then some year, you know, throughout the marriage, for they decided to sign another paper saying they're invalidating the prenup, and basically we're back to as if everything's considered community property. So you get to a point. The wife, after twenty two years, you know, the wife filed for a divorce. And she's basically. So it's always the wife again filing. Yeah, you say it's fifty-fifty. <laughs> All your stories, the wife of filed is. Kind of tells you something. I suppose it? it's a coincidence, but of course, uh, yeah, it's a conspiracy theory. Uh, <laughs> so in this case, <laughs> might be seventy-one of the other genders. Right. So, so in this case, when she files yeah. for a divorce, I actually it could have been him. I don't remember, yeah. but let's say she filed. Of right. Course. So twenty-two years. Uh, and then she said, basically, we don't have a prenup. We invalidated it. We signed a paper that saying we don't want the prenup to go in. You know, it, we don't want that. We're, we've decided to sort of cancel the prenup. And everything is 50-50. And husband was our client. And he said, no, it's not. Everything is mine. Every penny that I've made is mine. So how do you prove that? You have to prove it by paper trail. So he, I looked through literally 42 or 43 boxes of documents mm -hmm. he had a warehouse uh i went to his warehouse and who are you representing the, the husband the husband the husband yeah uh i went to his warehouse very nice guy very nice guy uh but whatever the case was so how I much go, was he worth after 22 years i think it was somewhere around 50 60 million dollars oh, okay wow. yeah if not more yeah uh so um I go to the warehouse, I'm going through like 42, 43 boxes of documents, and these box, literally the boxes go back to like 1920s. They go back to like, I'm not kidding. He had deeds for homes and so forth going back to 1920, 1930s, showing exactly the from map. Who where, to from who what? to who, yeah, exactly, where they bought it, who they sold it. I was looking through 
brokerage accounts from 1980s still packed in an envelope still not opened i'd have to literally open the envelope make sure where it's from what's the account number what's the uh, you know value of it write it down on a piece of paper we traced it and we hired a forensic accountant you need an accountant to help you out with all this stuff we literally traced like every penny back to where he had that money worth 8.9 million which means everything he owns the 60 million that he owns now we were able to prove that it was all his income and it's not community he gets to keep everything but Holy i thought the crap. argument there was that they signed a the prenup was gone at that point, the prenup they had basically thrown oh, okay. away. So right? he had dissolved the prenup. Yeah, yeah. The fact yeah. that he he agreed to dissolve the prenup, he knew he had the backup. He thought, I'm going to be married forever. You know, after like five years or so, they, they decided yeah. to throw, they had kids. You know, he thought everything's good. We love each other. They basically signed another agreement saying we're dissolving the prenup. It's as if we've never signed a prenup, which right. means community uh, is in effect. So at the date he got married, he was worth, let's say, rounding it up to nine million, right? Eight point yeah. nine to nine million. When they're getting a divorce, he's worth like sixty million. So from nine million to sixty million, you're talking about fifty-one million dollars that it could be considered community property, which means she's getting what twenty-five point five million dollars. Correct. But if you can trace it and show, it, show that everything, all that he was able to earn throughout the years came from his own separate source of money then she doesn't get anything wow so he was able to prove that the 51 million was accumulated from the 9 million he had she never worked that it was it's it's it was it was kind of easier to show because he had a paper very, trail man he had, he had a, paper a paper trail, trail of everything one. he had a paper trail of for everything plus she never she did she didn't work throughout the marriage so she couldn't say i contributed my income towards building that right, but business I'm, and so forth. But I'm used to the $60 million lifestyle now. Isn't that what all these Well, spousal support are? comes into effect. So he had to pay her spousal oh, okay, support. Okay. But the spousal support of ten grand a month it's is nothing, nothing compared to the... Exactly. It's the assets that are, that yeah. are most like important. The guy, the guy had like Makes multiple, multiple... You got to hear this one. <laughs> Read John's last question. The old saying is the only way a woman can make a man a millionaire is if he starts out as a billionaire <laughs> you know i w i was in a meeting and i was sharing this with uh actually arthur i was having dinner with him two weeks ago and i said i was at a meeting in 2001 with the in, in a big conference room majority women and my friend uh varam who's about six four he stands up he says you know a woman can make a man a millionaire all these women kind of perk up like oh yeah and then he says if he's a billionaire and everybody's like fuck you john his, his yeah. name yeah his name was we called him john and coincidentally huh? yeah coincidentally um so Ophelia had a question again La uh you can ask more questions Ophelia. don't worry it doesn't have to be your last question uh she says in my case is it better to go with an entertainment attorney my ex-husband is a film director and has released a lot of big movies since her divorce but I don't have any solid proof for the courts. That's the worst thing you can do is get an attorney that doesn't into do the divorce. mic so she can. Sorry. The worst thing you can do is hire an attorney that doesn't do divorces. So the fact that he's in the entertainment business has nothing to do with the fact yeah. of what his profession is. 
You have to get a divorce attorney. It's like saying, my car is broken, but can I go to the plumber to fix my car? Yeah, yeah she doesn't make sense. If it's a talented plumber, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, entertainment-wise, he might know contracts as far as for entertainment reasons, as right. far as... But know. a lot of the time, what, what attorneys do is when it's, especially it's a high-asset case, is you get at the assistance of a forensic accountant, which does the books and... I can't. I can't see the comments. What is it, John? John, I don't know. Oh my God, (laughs) John made two comments. Are you talking about the oral one? One is a question. One is a comment. (laughs) The question is, what if your girlfriend lives in the guest house in the back? (laughs) And then, (laughs) yeah, don't read the other one. Read it, man. Or okay, read it. I don't care. Because Alfred was like, is it is it appropriate? We're not saying anything. Okay, no, go, go he ahead. said if if she agreed to oral there wouldn't be a divorce. <laughs> that's that's, that's John for you. That's clip, clip of the week. No, I would call that an inappropriate question. <laughs> no, that was a comment. The question was uh, if the girlfriend is in the, the back, back house. <laughs> oh my what God. is the question about the girlfriend in the back house? What's wrong with having a girlfriend in the back house? John, what's wrong with that? He never said there was a. He oh. was just, no, no, asking no, he's just asking how. He's asking. Does he need a prenup for that or a postnup for that or to have the girlfriend live yeah. in the backyard? No, he has back to be house. careful not to get caught. <laughs> so <laughs> make sure there's a back access. I don't know how that would work. Alley access. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, off off the podcast, we were talking about probably one of the, I would say one of the biggest divorces of, uh, of I'd say ever, the, ever, in yeah, in the history, yeah. which was. Uh, you know, Amazon's owner, Jeff Bezos, and his wife, where his wife became a billionaire. The literally. richest woman. Yeah, yeah. a billionaire yeah. overnight. And right. um, for my, I, I didn't know this. I actually found this out today when we were talking about it. She started Amazon with him. Yeah, so they, they were side by side together. That's from what I read. Yeah, they started the yeah. company together. But a lot of people were saying that, oh, you know what, Gold Digger and look what she did to Jeff Bezos and blah, blah, blah. Mind you, I mean, Jeff started Amazon in his garage. They, you know, all they were doing was selling books. And as a as a business owner themselves, as you know, together, husband and wife, when they decided to get a divorce, would that be like a community property? Not a property, but community asset divorce? Or so it depends on the state, right? So people have a misconception that there's community property division and uh, the laws apply every state in the U.S. That's not the case. There's only... I believe either eight or nine states in the U.S. and California is one of them that community property laws are what governs a divorce. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case in every state. Like, for I think, for example, Texas may not be one of those states. I'm not sure exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's only eight or nine. And in those states, it, the law of the state applies. California is not the case. California is a community property state, so whatever is acquired during the marriage is considered community property, and therefore you divide it 50-50. Yeah. See, like John, John, not John, Dr. Vajic says, you know, richest woman source of income, divorce. Technically, it's not. I mean, technically, she was a partner for Amazon since day one. It she's began. T- he's talking about Mackenzie. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Is it was McKenzie? Yeah, yeah, no, that's his wife. Yeah, that's his wife. Yeah, that's his wife. Or ex-wife. I wouldn't consider her a, div- a divorce billionaire because she no. was a billionaire. She was, she was right by his side. 21, 23 years, whatever the, that marriage, right. however yeah. long it lasted. She built the business just as yeah. he did. It's like Melinda Gates. If she divorces Bill Gates, can you can you call her a divorcee billionaire? No, she's a billionaire. I mean, she's legitimately a billionaire. She helped. She's a billionaire cut. Yeah. Uh, she, she helped Bill build. 
Uh, <laughs> not so much Microsoft, but then the foundations and everything. She helped him a lot. Yeah, um, if Jeff, Jeff's ex has Amazon Prime, does she get the alimony check right the next day? Uh, they did uh, direct uh, deposit. If you have Prime. <laughs> if you have Prime, basically. <laughs> Jesus, John. Arno made a comment earlier, too. That was what funny was as it? hell. He goes, uh, whatever the Ar- Armenian GDP is, if it goes through the Armenian fund, it's only 3.8 million left anyways. Hey, <laughs> Armenia fund. We have a hot seat for your Armenia fund. Literally, They're you guys could come, come on. on If you hate people tag Armenia <coughs> Fund right now, literally, yeah. we we would love to sit down with you guys. We said it last week, hour, two hours, 30 minutes, 15 minutes. All we want to do is just talk. Yeah. That's all we want to do. As you can see, it's entertaining, fun. Yeah, and we have we have a bunch of people watching. Yeah. And there's and, no pressure. And, and you know what it is? I'll guarantee you this. We'll probably break a record as far as views, 100%, because everybody who's anybody who's donated to Armenia Fund Would like a simple statement. Yeah. Armenia Fund, please. Get out there. We'll, we'll, we'll make this a clip of the week, so we'll tag <laughs> you guys in it. Um, so a lot of stuff has been happening as far as with COVID since March. And, yeah. you know, uh, PI attorneys and everybody who's been going through, you know, uh, whether it's mediations, arbitrations, depositions, all that stuff, uh, they've been doing it via Zoom. Now, we, talk, right. <laughs> we talked about this uh, off the podcast How are divorce cases happening right now? Because technically, I mean, they're they're of one household, right? And then you have an attorney on one side, attorney on, on the other side. But is stuff still happening via Zoom, or yeah, is it, it still is? Oh. Uh, so back in uh, March, where this thing really got started, I don't remember when exactly the California Supreme Court passed the the their they're called emergency rules. Mm-hmm. There's there are, I believe twelve rules that kind of change things around a little bit okay and depositions are one of those so, so now if you want to do a deposition you have to do it over some sort of uh electronic means zoom you know whatever the case is the video depots you can't do it in person unless the other person obviously agrees to it if they agree to it that's a different case i had a deposition over the summer and it was you know my client was sitting next to me we were on one computer we we're on my laptop and we we're doing it over zoom zoom so you know they're asking questions but that could it can raise you know technical issues this this is even though zoom's been around for a while you still have technical issues like you know the the sound may cut out or the internet might get disconnected so it's not the best of the scenarios even body language wouldn't it be wouldn't that be a factor as well like you're sitting in front of you know uh, the you know the divorcee and You know, the body language that they have, whether they're telling the truth about something, they're not, handing over papers, shaky hands, crackling voices. That's not the best scenario to do a depot. That's, I mean, I could definitely say that it's not the best case scenario to do a depot over a Zoom. Yeah, hence But the reason I'm have, saying yeah, you, in person it's different. Right, in person, you, it's the, I mean, you're sitting across the room in the same room. You get to ask as many questions as you want. You know, on a, on a Zoom depot, you obviously get the same amount of time. You get seven hours to ask whatever questions you still get to take the breaks but it's a lot of technical difficulties you know you're not in the same room you don't know you know it's not it's not the best but it is what it is and uh, this is something in history we haven't gone through in about a hundred years so but i'm sure it's gonna some people are gonna start taking advantage of those zooms uh, of course i mean if you're if you're down in that moment and you don't have an answer it's not that hard to just disconnect the internet you know 
I, just I, an idea. I suppose uh, anything is possible. Has that happened before where you guys are in a deposition and all of a sudden the internet's out? Not to me. Not uh, to you. Other but, side. Um, probably. I mean, it, it happens all the time where I'm at home, I'm working from home, and my internet cuts out. You know, did I did I cut it out? No, I mean, it happens. Uh, electronics and everybody's a billion people are on Zoom. Things yeah. can happen. So, uh, as far as... Um, because I know the topics we talk, we mentioned we're going to talk about was divorce, which we covered for the most part, community property. When it comes to custody battles, uh, we've seen, mm-hmm. you know, friends and so on right. get go through divorces, all of us have, uh, where there's always a challenge from one or the, one right. of the spouses as right. far as, <coughs> you know, you can put them into swimming class the other spouse goes and cancels it takes him out wants more time wants less time wants thinks you know he should he or she should be studying math versus science versus so there's there's a constant battle which is we all agree is completely unhealthy for the child they're they're an innocent victim in all this bullshit but how does what are your recommendations as far as how does one overcome those challenges uh, to to be able to show that look my Mm ex-spouse is somewhat of a psychopath because he or she is deliberately right making these choices to get back at me which has nothing to do with our common child so how how does how does one we deal with these situations and how can they make changes as far as the timeshare right or anything that could that could help that that could be beneficial for the the right. child again. So, <coughs> you you've obviously all heard the term. There's a thin line between love and hate. Yes. Of course, that there really is. Uh, you don't you see it really in a in a divorce where people just yeah I'll I'll, I'll kill myself for my <laughs> spouse and so <laughs> forth. And then as soon as you file for a divorce, oh I can't stand this person. You I'll know. kill him. I'll kill yeah, him. it's it's sad, but it does happen. I mean, yeah. domestic violence is a real thing. I've done multiple domestic violence trials where these people loved each other. You know, they bore children together, but for one reason or another, they they're going through this uh, terrible situation. But as far as custody is concerned, courts use uh, this standard called best interest of the child. What is in the best interest of the child? Is it in the best interest of the child, you know, to spend time with this person and so forth? So an example is, you know, dad's always working yeah. or mom's always working, vice versa. Uh, let's say dad's always working out outside of the house. He barely sees the child when he comes home from work 10 minutes before the child goes to bed. You know, it happens. Um and then as soon as you get a divorce, oh, he's he's the you know he's the super dad of the year. He wants to spend fifty percent of the the time with the children, or even all of the t- all of his time, hundred percent. My wife is a terrible person. But then you got to look t- to see what was the norm during the marriage. Did you even have that kind of special time with your child? Did do you even know who your child's doctor is? Do you even know when his last checkup was? Did mm-hmm. you take your child to the doctor? Do you even know who your child's teacher is? Uh, did you even do homework with your kids? You know, these are things that the, the court will consider. The, the court, if the parents can't come to a decision as far as what kind of timeshare to have with the children, the court gets to decide. Yeah. And the court uses, again, the for basically what's in the best interest of the child. It's not always easy to determine what's in the best interest of the child, so sometimes you may have 
a child custody evaluation where you got psychiatrists or psychologists getting involved to see what to interview the children to interview the parents to see what's in the child's best interest especially if there's you know physical abuse or anything like that uh, but as far as you got to kind of walk back in time right you got to your client comes to the office and says you know I've you know I when we were married I spent just as much time with my children as my wife did I'd take them to school I'd do homework with them we'd share the homework duties we'd both give them the children a bath we'd read stories to them you know I loved my kids you know to the ends of the world you know but my wife now we're getting a divorce you know I got a new girlfriend and she hates my girlfriend and then now she hate obviously hates me and wants to take my kids away from me how do I protect myself so you got to walk back in time what was the norm during the marriage did you spend this quality time with your children did you just as the things you know your client tells you, yeah you know I I woke up my children one day I'd wake them up the other day maybe wife, my wife would wake them up cook breakfast for them you know we either I or she would take them to school then we when we're at home we'd both do homework with them we trade homework time or we trade the uh, telling stories time and giving them showers or bath so if you spent this quality time that's what you uh, with yeah. your children and you develop that relationship as opposed to not spending you know you spent 10 minutes a day now you want 100 percent with your kids that's not how it works but how do you prove all that is not it only it? prove that i feel like anybody who would have that relationship with their kid and the wife sees that and the, or the husband sees it i don't even think they well, would even get a divorce first, <laughs> that's like the perfect family oh you know what honey you wake up the kid today. All Are right, you going to make waffles this morning? No, I think we're going to make organic blueberry muffins. <laughs> yeah, so first, like, perfect as, marriage. Family, as a family. As a family. It requires a lawyer that sits down and spends uh, and talks these things through with your client, right? Tell me, you ask the you first of all you got to ask the right questions from your client. Right, but I can bullshit my way through. You can, but can you if you go to court you still have to prove your point, right? Let's say for the sake of argument you say I went to every, uh, you know, I take my kids to school every day, and you put the uh, guy on the stand. What's your, uh, what's the teacher's last name? Uh, what's their email address? Uh, How I, come you're not in any of the soccer pictures? Where, where is the soccer practice yeah. going on? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I it's don't know. Yeah. Who is so. the girl living in the back house? <laughs> That's <laughs> just a girlfriend. <laughs> Nanny. Glorified babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when you put him on the spot, <laughs> yeah, you got, that I mean, works. You, that huh? requires a good lawyer to get through to the bottom of the facts. It requires a client that you can ask the client the right questions to get all the facts out. So there's a number of factors you know involved. So if you, I've seen many many times where you know they come to the office and you got to give the client a reality check, like why you. I had for example some years ago. Uh, uh, one of the uh, the prospective clients, I we had to turn <laughs> the client away because what they were asking, I we didn't want to take a case like that. A mm -hmm. uh, client walked in and said, you know, uh, my uh, spouse now has a new girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, and uh, I don't want him to spend time with our child. And I said, sorry, why? Man. Sorry, man. John's comments are <laughs> this guy's crazy. Uh, you're, sorry, you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got you got to read it then. Let's hear the comment. He said, <laughs> "I can't even keep it straight." He says, "Neither one of my parents wanted me in a custody battle. That's why they stayed together." 
He's, he's gonna make us lose our train of thought completely. Well. I don't even. Oh my god, this guy is. is... John, we're gonna ban you today. Oh at this god. point, I swear to God, you can't even you can't even keep a straight face. That's one way to keep a marriage together. There you go, John. It worked out, bro. It worked out. That's what matters. Oh, Sorry, wow. Alfred. You were saying. I lost my. Train I think of he he's, I mean, he's imagining John's parents right now. Well, we don't want a custody battle, so might as well stay together. <laughs> it's too much of a pain in the ass to figure out oh. John's situation. Wow. <laughs> but let's say, for example, you do you do put a you know a client on the spot, or not even a client, mm-hmm. but like the, you the know, opposing client, yeah, right. the opposing client on the spot, and let's say they did do their due diligence as far as yeah, they weren't there as a parent, but mm-hmm. literally they knew everything about the kid from. The school they went to, to the teachers, everything. And they did their homework. They did their due diligence. They come to court or they come to, you know, mediation, arbitration, whatever it is. And they knock it out of the park. What happens it, then? It can happen. It's not that it, that's never going to happen. Obviously, things happen. But and obviously, if somebody's such a great liar and decides to fool everybody, including you, the lawyer, the opposing size lawyer, the judge, everybody and gets there. That can happen. Yes, of course. But uh, at the same time, I mean, I think you there are things set up in place not not to get that kind of situation. Uh, but you have child custody evaluations where they talk to the kids and they talk to both parents. They talk to neighbors. Whoever. See, that, that's what I want to know. Like, say, wh- how much of a kid's uh, testimony holds up in, you, in court? So it's not the kid testifying in court. The kid kids generally don't testify in Until court. what age? Uh, I believe it's fourteen, either thirteen or fourteen. They, they don't. They do not. So, the, so I mean, I think the kid would be the best witness at that point. But you don't want the courts don't want to involve the children in the divorce, right? Until it's not. 14. It's not healthy for a co- kid to show up and say, you know, I don't want to live with my mommy or I don't want to live with my daddy. I want you know that you, you my can't daddy do that. keeps bringing girlfriends. Well, home. that's what the psychologist <laughs> is for, from what you're saying. The psychologist ha- writes a right, conclusive right, report, right? Right. So they yeah. they. The, the psychologist, the custody evaluator, it can be either provided directly from the courts or you can hire privately. What about a private statement from the child? It's hearsay. It doesn't hold up in court. It's no, hearsay. no, no, no. As far as like, okay, uh, a mediator or an arbitrator, somebody asks the kid certain questions as far as, hey, you know what, who would take you to school most of the time or that's, who would pick you that's up? That's why you have a child custody evaluator. So the child custody, child custody evaluator will ask the kids questions and present a report. And then you can put the child custody evaluator on the stand if you don't like the report and grill them. Just because they say something in the child custody evaluation doesn't necessarily always hold. If you can poke holes, that's what the lawyer's job is. If you can poke holes in that report to show that for one reason or another the child custody evaluator was biased. We've seen reports where you can tell just by reading it the type of questions they're asking the dad or the mom that they're biased against one party yeah. or another. It happens. Feminist, sexist, whatever. Yeah. And are there cases where the, kid, the dad right. or the mom, either one of them just kind of lets the kid go and says, you know what, I don't want to have anything to do with them? Of course. How often does that happen? Very I don't see very often, but then you got <coughs> psychos that kill their children like that Armenian guy some years ago. Yeah. You know, so it's... So if once the custody uh, has been settled as far as who gets what percentage and all that, can that also be 
revisited or there has to be substantial change again similar yeah. to the alimony or how if it's a final judgment yeah. then has to be a substantial change in circumstances so one of the changes for example it could be let's say you both lived in glendale mm-hmm. but now you're living in ventura county that's a huge drive right you right. don't want to get a kid on the road like an hour every which way hour and a half that's a change in circumstances but are you even allowed to move that far or if not with a child you can move yourself but if you want to move with the child you have to file what's called a move away it's a it's a completely whole new ball game it's like you do an entire trial on this move away issue so yeah it's it's a it's cheaper to stay together than (laughs) right or don't get or don't don't get get married so do you recommend people to just live together have kids and not officially become well then you would be well then you would be unemployed (laughs) i recommend do whatever makes you happy it's not it's not my choice to tell them what kind of life to lead and Mm. what kind of morals to have or whatever you have it's whatever floats your boat i suppose again being married is basically just living together under contractual law as far as having a contract under your name saying everything we do is basically split between each other that unless is. there is a prenup involved right. it's it's a contract marriage is a contract because because look i mean here's my perspective as it doesn't matter how long you were married for how many kids you have uh if you end up getting a divorce my what i would do is if i have kids i'd say you know what whether you have a prenup no prenup legally married not married as a man you're responsible take care of your kids take care of the w- your wife who's let's say if she has majority custody take be, be a man and take care of her take care of your kids right you don't need a judge to tell you you need to take care of your kids now if your ex-spouse happens to be you know trying to manipulate the system right to be a freeloader that's different you take them to the cleaners if you can uh see the problem usually is that's when, the case when you're getting a divorce a lot of sort of people that sort of don't under either don't understand or obviously they're not in the field they don't know uh is when you're getting a divorce i see it time and time again you can be the best of friends before you got you know before you got yeah. a divorce but when you're going through a divorce something and people just it's never amicable know, yeah yeah it's it's the, the wor- best the, the worst person in that person comes. yeah the worst of that person comes uh, i you know when i when people are coming to their office you know our office and we see them do consultations you're meeting that person at their worst situation like at their worst time in their life right all kinds of things come out in a divorce you know so you're not meeting them at their at their best are they are majority of your clients coming to you to file the divorce or they've already been served they're coming for you to defend them it happens both ways sometimes they're just considering a divorce what are my rights mm-hmm. you know they a lot nowadays we don't meet anyone face to face so it's a lot of uh zoom meetings or telephone calls for consultations and you know they sometimes they just want to know what their rights say i've been married for my husband has a business or my wife has a business we got kids what are my rights other times hey my spouse just surprised me with a filing what do i do so so you represent both sides this one is not more than the other no i i (coughs) 
Uh, I think we have a fair number of cases that we do from the very start, and then we got cases where you pick up, you know, they've had two lawyers before you, they didn't like their lawyers, so they come to you because they've, they've heard good things about you. What's, you what's the longest case you've had? Uh, I've had cases for one of the cases we had was going on five years. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's really were they even married for five years? They were married longer than that. Oh. The problem is... The, the, the family code gives you five years to finish up a divorce. It actually gives you five years. And if you, you can't? Have, and if you can't finish it with them, courts always try to encourage parties to, they move, to move things along to finish it even before five years. They set trial setting conferences so they can set a trial date and so forth. If it, it's one of the cases where it needs longer for one reason or another, you can sign an agreement that provides it's actually specifically provided by the code to extend the time yeah see somebody I, I don't know who it was they mentioned something about if you're getting a divorce never hire a lawyer all they do is basically take your money and split it amongst themselves and then they just kick you to the curb or so, they said something like whatever it was but I don't want to go back to the comment and read it but when a, when a trial lasts five years, you know what? I don't blame the lawyer at that point. I blame no. I, You blame the clients. Uh, if you're going to drag your ass off for like basically five years, four, call it even a year. You can't even blame Here's the client. I don't blame the lawyer. You, let him, you know what? You're, you're dragging it along. He let him make his money. He's not going to sit on your ass, his ass and basically wait for you. So here's the situation. A minute ago, we talked about there's a thin line between love and hate, right? Yes. So when you got people going through a divorce, often we, you see it time and time and again. The wife or husband... They fight over everything. I've literally had cases mm -hmm. where they're fighting over the pots and the pans. Like, oh, who gets man. this pot? Who gets... Because they're so, like, you know, like, up to... You know, they're they're just angry at it's the not even person. something they need no it's right just it's just it's, so it's out of rage and it's, out of, yeah. it's the principle behind it, it happens a lot what's the principle behind uh, some I, crappy cast no, iron it's the hence the reason it's the it's, principle behind it when right. i was working at the court i'll tell you a story when i was working <clears throat> at the court uh, one of the people that was getting a divorce was this really uh good executive yeah i won't name names or anything like that the other person was in the legal field you know, they they were both, uh, I believe, in their fifties uh, and so forth. They both were very well educated, very well paid individuals. No minor kids. Just they're getting a divorce after some years. They were literally fighting over who gets to keep the bathroom uh, towel, uh, who gets to keep the kitchen cabinet uh, pots and pans. I'm not Jeez. kidding. They were paying their lawyers six hundred dollars an hour. To fight over these things. And they understood this. But you can explain everything to your client to the best of your knowledge, right? You can tell them, hey, you're paying me more money to pay, you know, fight over something. That's not worth anything. But if the client doesn't understand this or for one reason or another wants to fight for it, then that's a different story. Wow. It hap I, we see it a lot. I mean, you explain, you can, you know, you explain to the client that this isn't, something very economical for you you're spending more money fighting over and you try to our goal is always try to settle a case yeah because you're doing a disfavor to the client by always fighting over issues that's why you have to explain this these are your options you know you should do this you should do that you should do that but if the client doesn't want to follow your advice then that's often out of, out of your hands so the best and, and, and this, there's a specific family code that says you're supposed to 
try to settle as much as possible. And that's the goal in family law. Well, I mean, any sort of litigation should be majority of the time settles, settles, man. I mean, a lot of times you see all these cases go on for months and years. And at the end, they eventually settle on a certain number. Dude, you could have settled on that number. Right. Ten years ago when the case first got filed. Exactly. Sometimes egos come into play, you know. Sometimes you get bad advice. What does it mean when you sometimes hear, oh, you know, I won my divorce case. There's no Uh, winners in divorce. No, meaning like, you know, my spouse ended up paying for Mm -hmm. my attorney fees. What what does that mean? That that happens. So there's a specific family code, family code 2030 uh, and the following 2031, 2032 that says that if your spouse can pay for his fees or her fees as well as your fees, uh, so that raises the question need for fees and ability to pay if you can establish that the courts will make the other person so a lot what you see is you know husband or wife that have been a stay at home mom or dad you know they've 20 years you know 25 years married well even shorter doesn't yeah. matter as far yeah. as length you know they've taken care of the household this that now it comes to divorce they don't have a cent to their in their name you know husband takes everything takes off or wife does whatever Uh, the same thing and then they need to pay for a lawyer right if their spouse can help pay for the lawyer's fees then they're required to pay for those fees now the court will do an analysis as far as what kind of need there is what kind of ability there is if you can barely pay your own fees yeah you can't pay your spouse that's a different issue but if you got you know money in the bank you you know to pay for it and they can take it out of different uh they Courts can do a, ver- a variety of things. You know, they can say you need to take the money out of a 401k account to pay for to help pay for your spouse's lawyer's fees or sell income know, property. They can. They would. They prefer not to during the course of the litigation. But if it comes to it, they, the court has the right to do it. So wow. try to be financially insolvent if you're going to get a divorce. Huh? So you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you have any like? Uh, cra- can can you recall any crazy? Crazy. I mean, I hate to s- ask this question, but like uh, domestic violence cases or something you've dealt with where you're like, "Fuck, man, I can't believe these people are." You see a lot of different, a lot of things in in family law. You see the worst of the people come out. It's it's a sad situation when people are going through a divorce. You know, you always try to bring them back to reality. Try to keep the ch- uh, feelings, because uh, at the end of the day, it's a contract. The court, the court looks at it as a contract. The judge doesn't care that your husband or your wife cheated on you. Really? No. There, that's infidelity why it, doesn't automatically. Not, absolutely not. A, it, that's why it's called a no-fault, irreconcilable differences. Ah, so even if you matter. cheat, you doesn't matter. You could be sleeping with a hundred women and cheat on your wife or your husband with a hundred different people. What if matter. you, you know, you took all the money from your savings account, you just blew it on some something well, bullshit. That's different. That's different. Uh, so you, if you can prove that it was at that point, a, I think it would be even be a litigation against you. You're suing him for damages, wouldn't it? You don't have damages in family law. You have that's civil. Civil action. I mean, we, I mean, at that point, let's say, for example, husband doesn't work, wife works, or vice versa, and he's a gambler. He takes it to Vegas. He blows it all. I mean, that technically damages to the money that you you've can, earned. You can right. You can go after the your spouse, but whether it'll be successful, that's a different issue. You have to oh. prove they took it without your knowledge and consent. 
you never knew about it this was it was ill-gotten you know that kind of stuff you know, so it's 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 so no juicy stories there i have many juicy stories so a share, lot of share. them i can't tell on the air but i'll tell you attorney we'll client do. privilege man <laughs> well uh, we don't want names obviously no you i still I, can't share it no I'll, no I'll share some stories i i would never reveal names to begin with uh but i'll tell you we, some we'll stories. bleep out the name later don't no worry. <laughs> sorry i can't do that uh, <laughs> <laughs> which which lucin <laughs> <laughs> So when I was, I'll tell you some some of the craziest stuff I actually came across when I was working at the court because you see everything. Right, yeah, it's you, like I, working in the I ER. Would, yeah, I'd I'd review like fifty files a day, so you you see some crazy stuff. One of was the judge calls me up. She says uh, I'm working up, you know, I'm working up one of the cases for, her, but she calls on a different case. Calls my extension, says, Hey Alfred, you got to come to my courtroom. I got something you got to hear. I was like, okay, I'll be there shortly, Your Honor. I show up, and they're talking about, uh, you know, they're, the husband's, uh, husband is on the stand, and they're talking about, you know, they're going through the tax return. Show me, the, you know, how much money you were making because he was a self-employed guy. So you can sometimes play with, you know, how much money you're making, what your expenses are, right. and so forth. We don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and Nor does President Trump. So uh, the guy's on the stand, the husband's on the stand, and the wife's attorney <coughs> says, I see that you have $40,000 in write-offs uh, on your, uh-huh. uh, you know, and it's a, it's a public proceeding. Anyone can walk into the court ha- courtroom and watch it. Public Divorces are public proceedings. Uh, public record, everything's right, out, everything, out, out right. and about. You could see Not it. now because of COVID, they they close only oh, yeah. only parties oh. and lawyers can go in but yeah before this covid, COVID thing, ruined even pre yeah, pre, yeah. pre march pre, yeah, i loved yeah. going to the courthouse just it's, watching you see some crazy cases. stuff man so the husband is on the stand and says uh, uh the wife's lawyer says so you spent you you wrote off forty thousand dollars for entertainment and he goes yeah so what you know all nonchalant about it he goes what'd you do with the 40k hmm. I mean, you know, I'm, I have a business of my own, so I was taking clients out. Where are you taking them? Uh, different places. You know, he's dodging the questions. I'm sitting there for like 10 minutes, like, get to the point, dude. You know? And what kind of places? Clubs. Uh, what kind of clubs? Korean uh, karaoke. Different different kind of clubs, restaurants. What would you do at the clubs? Uh, different things. Wow, like, man. Yeah, it's completely like... dodging every question. So, And the, and the lawyer... He knows there's something to it because the wife has told him, like, this is what he would spend money on, you know, and yeah. he would try to write it up. So the wife kind of turned him in, so to speak. Uh, the ex-wife. Right. Now uh, soon to be ex-wife. Yeah, exactly. There's a thin line between love and hate, as I yeah. say. Uh, so the Lord keeps going slowly and methodically. What kind of clubs? What kind of expense? So what kind of clubs? Uh, you, was it at night or day? It was at night. Uh, where was it located? What part of town? You know, he gets to, you know, and what would they do at this club? Uh, they would spend time with women. What kind of women? Uh, I don't know these women. I, I would I would pay these women. Are you telling me you would go to a brothel and they you're, you would treat your clients to, you know, with prostitutes and so forth? Yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> and you wrote $40,000 <laughs> off on your taxes on prostitutes? Yeah, what's wrong with that? It's entertainment. And the judge goes, oh, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> Let's back up. Uh, 
and calls the, the husband by his name, Mr. So-and-so, did you just testify on the record that you, you've spent $40,000 uh, treating your clients to, uh, you know, with prostitutes and wrote it off on your tax returns? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, no further questions. <laughs> the IRS will get to see this transcript soon enough, you know, that wow. kind of stuff. Uh, you'd see crazy stuff. I'd, I'd seen cases where husband and wife were in cahoots doing whatever they were doing, cheating on their taxes, but as soon as you file for a divorce, one tries to blame the other. There was a case we had where husband had transferred somewhere in the range of 40 50 million dollars overseas hmm. and didn't claim any of that and uh and there was domestic violence and f so forth so the wife called the irs and said my husband transferred 40 million dollars and i have a paper trail holy shit and showed all the bank statements to a foreign bank account and he hasn't paid any of that so they yeah, I don't know how, how much what the penalties were. Yeah, if you a, have forty million dollars um, overseas, wherever that yeah, overseas is, you head yeah, there right a after. Huge penalty, and now the fight over it was who pays the penalty. She claimed innocent spouse. I had no idea. Whereas he showed emails <laughs> where she's saying, "Hey, she's colluding with uh, him." Yeah, where are we gonna send it? What's the tax rate at this in this country? And it's like, so wow. you're not such an innocent spouse if you're colluding with your spouse. Seriously, man. If I only had Hillary's email servers. Yeah. <laughs> I still have them in the garage, bro. You want it? <laughs> what are you going to do with it? Ed, Ed Bagumian says, happy to see you, Alphajan. Oh, I remember Ed from junior high and, uh, yeah. and Lennaka. <laughs> from Lennaka. If it's the Ed I'm thinking of, yeah. We Ed, I don't Lennaka. think Ed's from Lennaka, is he? Ed, I, I think he was from Abovian. Yeah. I remember. If it's the Ed at Bagumian I'm thinking of, we went to Zero Dasaran together. Where? In Lennaka? Ed, were you ever in Lennaka? See, you know what's crazy? Alfred walked in today and... You know, being the high those people that we are, it was right away, like, who do you know? And who does this person know? And how are we connected <laughs> to each other here and there? And next thing you know, you went to high school with my brother. <laughs> so yep. yeah. it's yep. a, when they say it's a small world, it really is. It really Glendale is a small, small world. Uh, anything else do you guys want to touch base on before we call it a night? Uh, Andre was asking if we can discuss Artsakh a little bit. I don't know if you have anything you want to discuss regarding Artsakh or... I don't think I could say anything that people smarter than myself haven't already said. You know, it's uh, I'm not a such an attorney, bro. Uh, I'm not a historian by any means. Uh, you had a historian that talked about the Armenians on your show a couple of weeks ago. That was a great show. Yeah, yeah. Armenologist. Uh, Eighteen thousand years. Yeah, that's that's quite a quite bit of some time. time. Yeah. So when you point on the map and you say, "This is where Armenia is," and this is how long Armenia goes back, and you <coughs> Show, you can't show the same you with Azerbaijan or Turkey. Yeah. I mean, the conversation ends right there. Yeah. But when it comes to economy and not having money to defend your country, that's a, that's a whole different issue. You know? It's a, it's a tough pill it's, to swallow for sad. all of us. It's sad. It's uh, when you're talking about people giving up their lives, This it, people, you know, non-Armenians usually uh, think of, oh, that's real estate. No, it's not real estate. They've, like, massacred us. They've killed us. You know, they've yeah. murdered. They're chopped heads off. You know, pregnant women, they've, just, they've stabbed a pregnant woman 100 years ago and took the baby out of her stomach. It's not about real estate. It's about survival. Yeah. What people don't understand is Armenians have always had to fight. 
always. If you're talking about thousands of years going back, Armenians have always had to fight yeah. to survive. Against the Persians, against the Romans, against the Greeks, against the Russians, uh, everybody, bro. It's always it's always been an uphill battle for yeah. us. Yeah. And it's sad that nowadays there's just, we're, we're so divided. And I know Andre said it. He said, let's not talk about the divide. Let's not talk about the divide. And dude, just on social media alone, there's such a huge divide that, I mean, it just it annoys me. But at the same time, there's morons out there. Like, what's that? What, what's that soldier's name again? Artur Khachens. Artur Khachens. I've called this guy out multiple times, and he's blocked me. I've gone on lives where he's been on live, and they've blocked me there as well. If you guys have seen it, he's the guy that sang the uh, Ginilit song while he's walking with some soldiers. I want you guys to go on this guy's social media and correct me if I'm wrong. And a lot of people have been noticing it. And no one is saying anything about it. I mean, you have to be blind to not see this. This guy says he went to war. He went to fight in Artsakh. He's got, in, in one video, he's got, an, uh, he's got an AR-10. And he's got a sniper rifle on the back of him with an Armenian flag. Not a speck of dirt on him. Nicely groomed, nicely shaved. His watch looks brand His new. His watch in one of the other, uh, what's it called? Um, one of the photo other ops, pictures, yeah. photo ops. Nice watch, clean, not a crack on it, not a scuff mark on it. I'm in real estate, and Alfred could see it from here. How many scuff marks do I have on my watch? Quite a few. This guy is... clean to me, bro. The question is, how many skid marks do you have? A lot. You should. You want to see? Maybe after the camera's on. John wants to see. Yeah, but, but, honest, but in, in, all, in all honesty, this guy should be called out because... Beep, beep. He, I, sw- I swear, man, I've been irate over this guy's videos and his photos, and he's basically become an Instagram whore at this point. He's basically just taking photos, selfies, saying he's at war, he fought. There's kids out there that had all these videos, all these photos of, in- of them in the trenches, basically, practically, you know, on their knees, sleeping on the floor, eating canned food. And this piece of shit's out there by himself most of the time, uh, photo oping, yet left. Came back, did a did a music video with Iveta Mukurchan or whatever the hell her name is. Um, is singing in all his videos. Never had I seen him in the trenches shooting a gun, doing anything. He needs to be called out, and people aren't doing it. They're calling him a hero. I know it's it's. I'm creating a divide, but stuff then, like that shouldn't don't. happen. Okay, let's just say you're right. We're not there. We're not in Armenia. Here's my stance on this. Since we're not there, we're not on location in Armenia. Let's not say it. Let's not create that divide. This is the last thing we need today. We can bring this up maybe three months from now, six months from now. All this information you're talking about is going to be available on his page. You can save it. But today is not the day. We need more and more of that. So to what's the away. key to stay united, though? Today? today? Yes. Be quiet. So be don't quiet. say anything. Do you think what he's doing is uniting us? I'm talking about myself. As far as what happened after that signature of that document, the only thing I've told myself is be quiet because I don't know enough and everything I thought I knew, I didn't know. So today, I'm not going to have opinions. I'm just going to be quiet and start studying from scratch. All right. So as far as what, how, when, you, when you're seeing so many different live videos from Armenia, and I, I understand everybody has their own side that they're, for and protecting and advocating for I completely understand that but when you're watching so many different interviews and the conclusion that you're getting to is that um, the government is 
Armenian government is still taking advantage of a situation like this, so delicate, right, which is basically a second genocide to us. Uh, well, genocide, the definition of genocide is certain amount of peop families that have been displaced, which we have, what, 150,000 Displacement and mass murder of a certain amount of people. Right. So it's not just, you don't have to kill one and a half million people to, for it to be considered a genocide. But even in today's circum unfortunate circumstances, you've got the government who's still skimming off money, ripping the people off. You've got these soldiers pretending to be soldiers. You've got dead soldiers that aren't getting the attention, injured soldiers, wounded who are not getting the attention. I mean, I've seen videos, family videos of where they're like, my commander, nobody's even come to, to my house to see if I'm dead or alive. If I need medical attention, if I need to be have a surgery, you know, my a eye's been blasted out, my brain, half of my brain is gone. These people are not being attended to. So when you're witnessing all these things, which we are at, plus on top of that, we've helped raise close to $200 million right from the diaspora. You can say, well, that's nothing because the war was 30, 40 million there. Okay, fine, I understand. But it's still $200 million that could have gone to these displaced families, the wounded soldiers, the dead soldiers' families, not in the pockets of the government officials who are talking about getting a raise, increasing their salaries this year and next year. And when you call these people out, you call Armenia Fund out, which Stepan on our show was saying, during war, Armenia Fund gets managed by the government of Armenia. Well, fuck that. That's even worse. That's not what he said. What he said is that money gets transferred straight to the government, no questions asked. <laughs> That's <laughs> what he said. What, what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, even Alfred is laughing here, bro. Well, Alfred, what does that mean? Alfred, you, what do you think? In layman's so terms, what, what does that said. mean? What he was trying to say is that money goes to the Armenian government. And they don't have a trace as to what the government does with that money. They give each other raises. That's not any better. <laughs> it's I mean, not. It's, it's not. No, I'm not trying to back. Uh, look, I was one of the only people out in uh, Glendale when this whole Dukhov thing was happening. I was against him because I knew his daddy was. I know the whole history of who he is. I feel like he's KGB just like his dad and the other two. Who are we talking about? Nico Pashinyan. Oh, okay. I've never been a fan of his, really. But Where is his son and wife right now? They're in the front lines, bro. They're still there, photo oh, yeah. with the with Arthur Hutchins. Yeah, you guys think they're in the country at least? What did hold on? What did you think of that photo op session with uh, uh with uh, Nicole Pashinyan's wife in the front lines? I don't think I've seen the picture. She's where she's holding a gun and she's in the front lines with women. Nails done and everything. Yeah, you know, makeup, hair, makeup, full makeup, contoured and everything. That watch was nice. as lawyers would say, the picture speaks for itself. There you go, man. Oh, look at that. So that's the thing. You, you, you can say stay quiet, but we're hearing stories that the other day, weren't we on a conference call with Armenia where yeah. they're like, well, you know, some of our young guys are being called, called in, called back, called back. And we don't know why you're still hearing stories of, uh, you know, well, we're evacuating this village and then, you know, these people pack everything up. They're about to leave. Oh, you know what? No, never mind. Not that part of the village. This part of the village has to leave. It's like, there's so much distraught and chaos, and I don't understand. Wasn't that agreement that he was supposedly signed very concrete as far as here? The it details? was concrete on one side. On the Azeri side, everything is very concrete. But on the Armenia side, everything is left to open dates. So we're still Even the prisoners of war, there's no dates on those uh, men that are probably going to be used in a parade one day in 
Baku very soon, which is the biggest embarrassment to all Armenians Slap across in the face, the world. basically, at this point. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I just hope... It's, it's, an, it's a non-stop topic that you'll continue to talk about over and over and over and over again. It's just, I don't know, man, at this point. Um, so what else do you do? As far as? If you don't talk about it. No, no, no. Like, what else? Because we, uh, we ain't, we ain't going to send in a dollar. That's for sure. I mean. Well, it's not about sending in the dollar. It's about finding out where our dollars went. Well, that's exactly what we'll still, we're still trying to figure so out. Arno said all the, uh, the so Pashinyan's uh, wife's brother supposedly owns this warehouse where all the aid that w- went from here to from the diaspora to Armenia. The brother-in-law, I guess, controls the warehouse where all of that is. I don't know. So that's the thing. reason I say I'm going to be quiet myself, I'm not telling anyone else to be quiet. That was just for myself. But if you don't talk about this, then nobody, for example, somebody has to hear this in Armenia right now to dig about it, to find evidence. Even today, I was talking to Arno. He was asking me about Armenia Fund, a couple of things he's heard. And he's like, what can I do to help? I said, look, all we can do, all of us, is try to dig up evidence. Because we can we can just, right? I mean, we talk can talk cheap, about, yeah. well, I think this is what they've done, which is good and bad. But Be- see, aren't they obligated to actually give us some sort of answer? I mean, even as Not a nonprofit. Not right now. When they're audited, technically, they well, will have audited, to. Well, they're audited. That's going to be next year. Right. But here's the, here's the question, though. If you've... If as a fund from the United States, you've transferred all the money to, let's say, Himnadram in Armenia, and Himnadram says, we've allocated this money for the government to manage. At that point, I mean, you don't think it could be manipulated as far as what it was used of for? Of course it can. That audit is nothing. We mentioned it to Stepan as well, and Stepan said, you can't manipulate numbers like that. Yeah. Give me $150 million. Say, I'll show you how I can manipulate it. Yeah. There's a lot of loopholes. Um Again, I mean, we can go on and on about this topic, but is there anything else we got to talk to Alfred about before we call it a day? Let's hope no one else needs to get a divorce. But Please yeah, hey, think twice before you seriously, ever get married. Seriously, guys. Why, let, let's, why aren't you promoting the guy? Let's, <laughs> I'm sure we have a couple people that will call you tomorrow, on. Alfred. Let's, I hope you all stay married let's, forever. <laughs> yeah, and then Alfred will so Alfred file for unemployment as if the economy was uh, <laughs> struggle, not struggling enough. But let's end the show on this note. If uh, if anybody knows any connections as far as somebody who's willing and able from Armenia Fund to sit down with us and talk with us, and I'm talking about high-ranking people. We're not talking about, you know, Helen, who's answering the phone at Armenia Fund. We're talking about somebody up there who's yes. actually willing to sit down with us and give us a breakdown as far as here's the plan. This is what we're going to do. This is where some of the money's going. Here's what some of it, some of these funds are going something to kind of let people know as far as their investment that was put into our country is safe bro look at it this way haikak what's his last name ashamian is the executive director of himnadram okay the guy is part of open society do you know what open society is no that's soros is isn't that yeah yes. that's about what I was about to say he's he's part of the armenian open society which is what source has invested i think was it 56 or 60 some million over the years uh i know people hear that name they oh it's a conspiracy theory but you have to go back to who these people are who's managing the money how are they connected to other other uh organizations and funds and 
you know, that's what's going to give you the answer eventually. If we sit here and we, we say, hopefully, well, one day they'll show us the records and the, the books and the numbers and we'll be able to sleep comfortably. No, that's why prior to this... It's a statement. They were supposed to give a statement two weeks ago. They didn't. No, they just posted a generic, very vague, you know... That's not a statement. Yeah. But that's why all these years... I have never, ever in my life donated a single penny to Armenia Fund. This was the first time because of this war. Any other funds I've ever donated to, I sit down with the founders, owners, get to know them, what their vision, mission is, and then you hold them accountable. They show you proof of every single thing that they're doing with your money. Yeah. Uh, but these guys just took $200 million like as if this was like a scheme, bro. It was a it, it, it truly feels like a scheme where we, we probably shipped in. I, I hope not. I, I'm, yeah. I'm almost certain. I'm gonna say let's wait a... this out. As far as the Armenia fund goes, let's wait for that audit, guys. We have no choice. Or and we can have maybe on the podcast. The, maybe Armenia fund has a really good reason why to they're not joining us. Maybe they do have a good reason. I'll tell you. But what at their least message us that reason. Do you know what the reason is? They don't want to be. They're gonna wink at you and say, "Well, you know where the money was spent." Really, <laughs> you're gonna buy that bullshit? No, That's no. what they're gonna tell you. Yeah, no. Jake, Jake had a great question, by the way. He was asking, I don't know if you would know this, but how come we haven't taken this whole war crimes, everything to the international court to try to get something as far as what they've been doing with our POWs and, you know, all the uh, bombings of the hospitals and churches and villages? That's beyond my pay grade. Okay. But we need to There's, find someone there, that there are there are There are attorneys working on that. Collecting evidence, apparently. They, I don't know how much. They can't disclose everything, but I heard there were attorneys working on that, trying to collect as much information and evidence as possible yeah. to take it to international courts. But um, I would imagine it would be very difficult. I mean, look at where we've gotten as far as getting worldwide acceptance of the Armenian genocide. Even media coverage this you know? past six weeks, seven Just, weeks. Yeah, man, look nothing. at it. I mean, you had celebrities. I was, we were talking about it. You had celebrities post stuff and then remove it within like a couple hours. It had to take a bunch of young people to close the freeway down in order to get some attention as to <laughs> why did they close the freeway down. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man. it's, it's sad. biased to the max. Yeah. I mean, what, what can you do? Uh, we didn't loot and destroy stuff. That's why we didn't get the coverage. Uh, Alfred, big thanks to you, man. Thank, Thank you, you guys. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Alfred. Our apologies on behalf of John, by the way. <laughs> No worries. <laughs> Why no worries. are you apologizing for him? <laughs> we'll do he, we'll do the guy's entertaining as hell, bro. And everybody <laughs> loves him. He lost. He, I lost my train of thought. Alfred lost his train of thought. You two, You were redder than a freaking Trump hat. Edgar's over here cracking up. I, 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 I could never time. say anything bad about John, bro. By the way, to, guy. to answer Marty's question, Marty was asking, uh, yes, we are in the works as far as... Um, we're starting a non-profit that's going to be... It's a very unique concept. We're, we're in the process of developing the app and the website right now. But it's uh, hopefully by maybe sometime mid-January or end of January, it'll be up and running. And hopefully sooner. Maybe even sooner, maybe by yeah. the end of the year. But um, the, the whole idea is for us to be able to raise a tremendous amount of money on a continu continual basis without large investments from individuals. Basically. And you'll know where every single dime is going yeah, on yeah. a, if not monthly, <laughs> at least quarterly basis. Yeah. 
Literally. I'm, I'm not an economist, but I think a monthly sort of like a subscription kind of thing yeah. would yeah. be best. I mean, of it's, course. Our, it's our duty. It's it's going to yeah. be minimal, minimal uh, subscription, but the way we have it set up, your minimum sub- minimal subscription is going to make such a huge impact. Yeah. You're going to be... It's all in. It's 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 yeah. literally in the works, guys. We'll we'll have more details about it as as time goes on. Uh, right now, it's just it's it's all in a work of progress. Right now, that's all we could say right now. But just give us some time, and hopefully, it'll be ready. You know, Armun said mid mid January or end of January, but hopefully, yeah, it's hopefully, a, hopefully sooner. sooner. But uh, Alfred, thank you so much for being with us, man. Thank really do guys. appreciate it. I appreciate so, it, guys, guys. Is there is there a phone number that people can reach you at if? God forbid sure. if they do need a divorce. I mean, it's, we'll it's, post it on. I, I want to promote it and say, call Alfred for all your divorce I needs. I prefer my cell phone, actually. Uh, 818. Just don't call me in the middle of the night with crank calls. <laughs> 818-974-6739. There you go. Alfred Movsesian, divorce attorney. Uh, and here, here's the thing, guys. We talked about it in the beginning. Not it, When you call him, it's not going to be, all right, I'll get the paperwork set up and we'll serve him. There will be a consultation, a conversation prior to you getting the ball rolling on whatever you need to do. So um, reach out to Alfred if you have any questions regarding that. Other than that, guys, thank you again for tuning in with us. Uh, Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Again, this will be on YouTube tomorrow. It'll be on Spotify, iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio on Wednesday. Our clips of the week will be up on Wednesday. We'll see you guys next week, next Monday. Same time, same place. Love you. Thank you, guys.